battling, banging bars, trying to fight for that inside. Went for a little pass from the inside and I got sideways and I got shuffled back. I took the inside line and I cleaned him the f out. This is the Inside Line Podcast with your host, Caleb Russell. AG, Johnny Gallagher. It's the off road show you didn't know you needed. Yeah, we're back. Back by not all that popular, but somewhat of a demand. Round two. Is my mic better? It is. Sounds you can, better. You can hear me. I, I can. You're leaned in. It's good. People aren't, eardrums aren't blowing out when I start talking. It, it, it might be because now my voice is loud. I can over talk Johnny G. Let him get Johnny a few G Miller lights back in him and he'll be screaming <laughs> in the mic. And if you can't tell, by the way, we have Thad Duvall in studio tonight. Oh, yeah. On the, New guest? I'm surprised I'm on here. Surprise? What do you mean? I mean, I don't know. You're I wasn't kind of even a big on, deal. I wasn't even on the first podcast. Listen, I thought here's I'd be the, thing. the first this guy. Is the, this is the two-wheel, four-wheel fusion. Ooh. You are the ultimate ATV. I'm like in the middle. ATV dirt bike crossover. Yeah. Dad was an ATV guy. Chad Duvall. No. And, my kid, Chad. and my kid told me last night he wants a race quad to start racing For quads. everyone sitting so, at home. Daddy, one I want to race four wheelers. Yeah. <laughs> one of my proudest moments as a human was pulling into Ranch Russell today. And uh, Jacoby was out in the driveway and Dad said, tell him what you want to do. He said, I want to race quads. Oh, boy. And he, by the way, he also, what was on his t-shirt today? It was a quad. It was a quad. And I said, I don't know if I can afford for you to race a quad. That is a true statement. Quads are expensive. <laughs> Quadding is very expensive. Being, I like the I like the quadding. I, I, I dig the quadding. <sighs> Being a quadist and quadding. <laughs> I went for the triple and I cased the quad. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, your dad is sitting at home right now, Thad, listening to this. Cringing. And he's like, I can't believe my kid is just, you know, dismissing my my career as a quadist and all my days of quadding. I don't want to be a quadist. That that seems a little upset. He wasn't on episode one. I mean BK is first, dude. I mean we, KTM Soror like KTM, you gotta ride a KTM. You got, got a red KTM. You ride a red KTM. Uh, solar. It was either between you or BK. It was. <laughs> oh, no. Nah, it, was, okay. it was brought up yeah, when, yeah. I, it when was, I. It was. But, I mean, I like BK, so it's, it's all right. But you, we, we couldn't deny the defending champion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the opportunity, opportunity to come on the first show. And then, it, then this, even like we we were just discussing, it was either between you or Craig, and I was like, "What? Well, we we definitely have to have that on before Craig." I've so, always been second. So. so basically, what he's saying, that, and I'm going to tell you how this went down. Uh, when we decided we were going to record that episode last Saturday, he's like, "Hey, you coming over tonight? We're going to do this." I said, "Yeah, we're going to." No, said, I I said you have to come over. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "This he's, he's the boss." Out. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. This is the Caleb Russell podcast. Uh, the inside Caleb Russell line. Um, I'm surprised you were allowed to leave Borches though. Oh, oh now we're really going to get into it. Yeah, I, I, I got the guilt trip when mm. I left. He's going to be mad. I was surprised I when I seen the camera pull in the, the ranch tonight. Yeah. I was like, oh, all right. Must be a little feud again or something. Well, the, I'm Dirt Bike John. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dirt Bike John right now. I, you know, I'm, I'm a big Dirt Bike guy. I'm here. I didn't even know you could ride a dirt bike, so. Who says I can? Yeah, I'd like I, to see you try. I can ride a quad better than he can ride a dirt bike. <laughs> Hands down, probably. Hey, like. you know what? Uh, Johnny, yeah, well, what year was it? 19 or 20? 
Oh, are we talking about the wheelies in the backyard? We are talking so about the So for those of you listening at home, back oh. by popular demand, Caleb wheelies. Russell talking about how amazing he is on a quad. <laughs> and he's going to finish top 20 in his first race ever. Now he's backpedaling saying it's not going to happen. But in reality, all of the feedback, majority of the feedback I've been getting, no, 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 this is my turn. You hush over there. You know what's going to happen? Most of the feedback I've been getting is <clears throat> we really, no one's saying you can't do it. They're saying they want to see it. People want to see this quad thing happen. They that said, it. now I'm going to I'm gonna pat his ego a little bit. We were at Ranch Russell North, Ranch pat Russell, North Carolina. Shit. Caleb, we were just messing around in the backyard. I think I'm pit bikes and quad. I was on the quad or whatever. And he's like, give me that quad. I can ride a better wheelie than you. And he did. He's good at riding wheelies. But this is his assessment of how well he's going to be able to do in a GNCC. You don't have to balance Because he can <laughs> ride a 12 o'clock on a quad. He feels that yeah. that qualifies him for top 20 in the hand afternoon Hand swag, dragging the grass. There was absolutely no hand swag or dragging the grass. That is a lie. Bullshit. There wasn't. <laughs> there wasn't. You loop out oh, Larry man. the pit bike that night as well. That might have been a couple nights later. Eh, it might have been the same night. I don't know. Ugh. It was COVID. Top 20 overall? That's that's top twenty is not happening. I don't know. I think Thad, I, I think Thad. I could do top twenty. Oh, <laughs> he still races. He still races. So obviously he has that mindset. I don't race anymore. I'm not saying I'm going to go out in top twenty, but he still races. He has that bike ability, all the ability, the fitness, everything that goes along with it. And like I said, this is not uh, in the aspect to to beat down on Quadis. <laughs> <laughs> all right here's the thing we're i'm just gonna I, nip I'm just this gonna in the say this right because now. i know he's he'll probably listen to this podcast but if brady myers can race a quad and oh, do as well I, as he could i, I would, think i'm pretty sure we both could too could yeah for sure brady if you're out there listening <laughs> we're gonna need you to call in to the next show and, and talk <laughs> yeah. about this because you're getting beat but down he right does now. decent on a quad what, what class does he ride uh he rides a junior a on the bike and junior a on a quad but he yeah. mostly rode the quad at the Wex, or he did some GNCCs, but he's never run like a full. Only when season. it wasn't broken down. Yeah, well, it's because he, he had some good rides when it wasn't broken. But I mean, the, for the first nine races, he raced Saturday and Sunday, both days. This year, yeah, I can confirm because I always give him shit. Cool. <laughs> you guys have just given me some I, ammo. So Caleb's saying how you know his finishes. Look it up. Let's look if it his, up. If his quad made it, he actually did probably did pretty well. I've got Brady Myers's quad results pulled up. Anything twenty twenty two. Do you want him in order, or do you want him like starting? It's probably off? like DNF, DNF. No, 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 no. He, I mean, he had some good finishes. <clears throat> or the round one, eleventh place in junior A, fifty second overall. Round two, Palaka, Florida, fifth in class in junior A, thirty eighth overall. He's starting to bang on the door of that top thirty right there. A little bit better. It, things went downhill a little bit oh, at wait. Georgia. Uh, he probably had thirteenth in class, seventy sixth overall. This is on the quad. He did not actually, unless I'm missing, he didn't he race the bike at any of those. Tiger Run. So Tiger Run was the first one where he yeah. did both. And he actually, on the quad on Saturday, as a quadist, he finished fourth in Junior A and 25th overall. Wow. And then turned around and won Junior Where was A. that at? Uh, he won Junior A that was on, on the bike the next day. Yeah, yeah. Camp Coker? No, that was uh, Tiger Run. Yeah, Tiger Run, and then so from there, cover. from there, he wasn't able to replicate no, the magic again. The second big buck. Oh, second uh, big buck, big so, buck number two. Yeah, Cam Coker one twenty three overall. Uh, the Hoosier one fifteen overall. Millfield one thirteen overall. Yeah, I think he was uh, over. Mount it. Morris 
um, for the Mason Dixon was breakdown, 54 breakdown, overall. Breakdown. Then 62 snowshoe, 62 overall, third in class. I don't think that was a breakdown, most likely, if he got third yeah. in class. Um, and then 97th overall, probably a breakdown on the Honda in uh, <laughs> Beckley, West Virginia yeah. at uh, at round 10. So he had a 25 OA. So it's close. I mean, if if you're confident that you can go out there and beat Brady Myers on a quad with no prep close. work, then close. you can be 25 away at that race. On I that didn't. Day. I didn't say no prep. prep you said work. a week is what you said. That was the Originally, original deal. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll I'll start training. Well, I'm already training. Yeah, you're already training. Bike. Where's the quad, Johnny? Let's. Hey, it's out there in the trailer. Let's be clear. You have a quad. I have two. Oh shit. My yeah, are you allowed to ride? Are you allowed to ride a quad? Most definitely, probably not. I've got some orange spray paint. <laughs> well, we'll uh, I, I guess we'll go to go to town on the spray paint. Auntie, if you're at home listening to this podcast, send us a 450 quad for Caleb. The KTM so quads used to be pretty good, so we can we can put this to rest. It's because they had dirt bike motors. That's true. You know, for a guy that claims to not hate quads, there's a lot of negative comments so far this show. I don't know where this is coming from. Well, you know, Johnny, La- last last time I felt like we were kind of. Equal opportunity. Like, the bike side of this is probably just rolling your own. It's still 2v1. It's it, it may not be two KTM versus one Yamaha, but now it's it's still two bike guys versus one ATV guy. I'll hold my own. I know, Vocally, yes, <laughs> for sure. You guys want to fight? You want to go outside? <laughs> oh, you don't want that. Roll around in some ants? Yeah. What did we talk about last time? The hell if I know. We, we did a lot of silly season stuff. One of the guys honestly, we talked honestly, about. Honestly, the, the whole episode consisted of stuff like this, just talking. Rambling. Well, the Rambling. talking's great. It is. It's really good. This we, is what people tune in for. This is what people want to hear. Obviously, they want to hear some substance. Some eventually. substance. Obviously. We need some substance. All right. Let's talk about some substance. We got that Duvall studio. Mm. The ultimate bridge between two and four wheels and a career GNCC man has ridden a bunch of different brands. Mm. Uh, has been kind of here, there, and almost everywhere. We've seen that on blue. We've seen that on white. We've seen that on red. And now we're seeing that on red again, I think. There, there was some green back in the day. We'll, yeah. we'll get into that later. Yeah, but some green back maybe, in the day. Maybe the uh, Inside Line podcast can can uh, post the video of Thad when he shot for an ATV uh, video back in the day on mm. his KX65. Or 60 or 65? 65. KX65 in the uh, Huevos Grandes movie. That was like Clarksburg or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Clarksburg, West Virginia. Uh, Thad's dad was in it. Thad was in there as well. But two more current things, Thad. You're in studio. You got a new ride this year. Yep. Silly season was wild for a lot of people. Talk us through your process of silly season, how you ended up where you're at, how you're feeling, and uh, what are you looking forward to in 2023? Yeah, I didn't even think I was going to have a ride for 2023, honestly, but... You know, the last couple of years hasn't been that well. Um, obviously, injuries, but um, just never gave in and never give up. And luckily, uh, Auntie must like me a little bit, so he, he re-signed me again for with the Coastal Gas Gas Factory team. Um, super excited. The bike's actually really, really good. Um, it's funny, you hear people say all three are the same bike, but they're definitely not the same bike. It was a little different feeling and actually a, a feeling that I like a, a little better with the bike. So super excited about it. Um, grinding away with the boys. Kids are getting fast these days. Johnny's flying. Ben's coming back. He's looking actually 
really smooth. Like I don't ever remember seeing Ben look that smooth on a bike. And I've been able to watch him the last couple of days and coming back from an injury. I personally, I know how tough it is and have that mindset and seeing how smooth he is and how well he's riding after what was it like seven months or something like that. He didn't ride for. So yeah, that's long. That's longer than I've ever been off the bike. So and I, I know it's tough. So yeah, I, I'm super excited for 2023. The bike's awesome. Uh, team's been great so far. Um, yeah, down here, grinding away with the boys and Caleb and Jacob, and sitting here in the podcast, living the dream. Over the, over the years, what do you what do you think has been the biggest change? Uh, you've been in the class since 2010, XC1. Hmm. Uh, XC2 was originated, and I want to say it 07? was 07. Yeah, it was the first year. Uh, you you were you won it in 2008. Yep. Did you race X? You raced XC2 Actually, in 2009 would have been. I raced XC2. It was 07 and 08. You 08, raced two years. And then moved up to. And 09. I remember at which, the end of, end of 08, yeah. uh, you were still with the Ampro Yamaha yeah. team, which you were there for, what, five years? Till 2011, I think it was. And then 12, I signed with Honda. Yeah, so I, I remember the very first race you moved up. Um, I was still in 208th time. But you went out in XC1. No, we raced 2008 together. Ah, uh, we did. Because so, you were on the yeah, yeah. PG. So, so it was out the at the end of 2008. You moved. You won the championship. Yep, I moved you up. moved up, and uh, you moved up at Ironman. <clears throat> yeah, third overall. Yeah. So take us from 2008, first race in XC1, third overall. I think Barry. Uh, I'm gonna have to look up these results. I can't remember who won, but I know Barry was on the podium. Yeah, he was an Amper Yamaha guy at the time, and you got third overall that day. You, I, I, I think remember Charlie might have won that day. I don't know. Oh, it's so man. so long Dude. ago, man. We're I'm getting, getting old. Back, my brain. Yeah, You're yeah. My we're brain. getting back. We're going like back turn. 14 years, yeah. 13 years at this point. No, but what I'm getting at. Okay, so we we go back, circle back, 2008. Yep. Win the XC2 championship. You move up, and you go out. You lead. Some of Ironman, yeah, one of the biggest races. Even then, at the time in 2008, it was one of the biggest GNCC races we still had. You 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 land on the podium, your first XC1 ride, and then talk us through those next several years because we know, yeah, it was obviously we know like it was a, it was a struggle. It was a big learning curve. Maybe you weren't quite so ready for it. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. Is like people don't understand the jump between XC2 and XC1. Like, yeah, these guys are finishing third, fourth, second overall, but, like, there's a big difference, like, starting with those guys. I I think the other thing that people fail to realize is when you're racing XC2 and you're pushing and you're battling for a win and you're getting up there in those overalls, you're battling for a win. Yeah, it's completely different. When you're in XC1 and, you know, and it does play out that way sometimes on corrected time and, and sometimes physically, you know, the XC2 guys will get up into podium positions or top five. But there's a lot of times where, especially, again, this year we talked about the XC1 class was really depleted on bikes. Yeah. But there's times where you've got guys battling just as hard for 7th or 8th in XC1 as they are battling for a win in XC2. It's just a completely different... And you get a couple guys battling XC2, catching an XC1 rider. Well, that XC rider, or that XC1 rider is going to ride harder, so he's going to catch the next XC1 guy, and he's just going to bring... Yep. Like those those guys are just bringing the XC to the front. It's like drafting on a road. Yeah, bike. yeah, for yeah. sure. Like hundred percent. Like it's just easier. Like I just to, like, to when me and Caleb point, used though, to battle. Like if I could get to him, I could ride with him. But yeah. it was like just that bridge gap. Well, like 
I, I want to talk about that from an outside perspective, the, the battles that you guys had over the years. I think we need to talk about that. But kind of back to what we were talking about a moment ago, to refocus. Yeah, I think... I, can't can't I, miss kid. I mean, I th- that, I th- that I was what... we can get in there, yeah. A lot of people kind of... And, and that, you can feel free to say whatever you want to say or don't say here. Because in, in my mind, like, you've had a long, yeah. uh, very successful career in terms of how many years in XC1? <laughs> 2009 till now. Okay, so... This will be your 14th season yeah. racing XC1, primarily either factory or very factory factory team or factory, factory supported sport. yeah. that entire time. You've made a career out of racing dirt bikes, a dream for a kid from Williamstown, West Virginia, right? Yeah, for sure. But some would say, can't miss kid. Yeah. And here we are these years later. You know, what's, what's it like coming <sighs> out of with, I mean, how many amateur championships? How many? I didn't, I didn't know what losing was till... XC1, honestly. Like, right. So you you had just, one XC2 title or two? Uh, One. Okay, so one XC2 title, yep. tons of amateur titles, youth yeah. titles. Every, I mean, I'm talking winning, maybe and with, 14 and or 15 years. Doing it with flares too. Yeah. There was always that Thad Duvall I mean, like flip. when I was in 200A, I was getting top 15 overalls. Like I was I – mean, Yeah, it was up there. And that was that was too so, – so, so back then uh, when, when Thad was coming up, it was XC1, 250A, uh, Basically, two hundred A after that. Um, like two fifty A was your XC two. Yeah, I guess, be, at the time, four program. strokes. Four strokes were not super big, so it was yeah. like it was X. It was pro. They called it pro. You were either on a two fifty or a one twenty five. Yeah, like that exactly. Was there was there was the four stroke class was uh, started fourth or fifth row yeah. at that time. So basically, two hundred A was the essentially what the the XC three class is now. Yeah. Um. Like I said, essentially is what it was. And I, th- I think your first year after moving up from uh, the mini mini bike class was in 200A, and you went out and dominated, and you moved up to 250A, 250A yeah. and you had yeah, like w- some, that was second row. Yeah. That was basically XC2 yeah. at the time. So two years later, you know, he's up there in XC2. And I want to say when I went to 250A, I got like fourth overall at Ironman, like my first yeah, race. Yeah, it like, was. I I remember I remember the the results back then, and yeah, yes, there the Wisp, you're. You're really good. You had a really good result at Wisp. Just talent, then, like, just yeah. You didn't know any better. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't like you're out riding road bikes. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, you know, doing push-ups and all this. You know, you I things mean, have changed. That's for sure. A lot. Things have changed a lot, and, yeah. we'll, and we'll allude more into that as uh, you know the show progresses. Yeah. But uh, we're just trying to get a little bit of background. Obviously, you and I, we we grew up together over the years, so yeah. we we have a lot of uh, knowledge within each other. Like, am I being honest, like, on the show? You're being as absolutely in, honest. As in, like, from... Yeah, just... Like, man, well, let, let, there's a lot this. of things that you I... Can, you can say what you want to yeah. say, but we're not trying to drive anything yeah, yeah, out yeah. of you. You're Keep yeah, in yeah, mind, this is going to be heard by yeah, yeah, I mean, dozens of people. And I think some people, like, I think some people nowadays and some kids need to hear it. Like, you you run out of talent. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's plain and simple. Like You, you feel that way I ran, in your gut today. Yeah. Like, like you, you were just running just, on talent, around on talent, and like you, running around being a eighteen to eighteen to a twenty year old, like I, 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 I making I, money. Like what? I don't know. And like, I and I think I think that's very important too, as I've developed into the uh, uh, the position I'm in, and now knowing reconnecting with that over the, the years because we grew apart there for a long yeah, time was, for sure oh that's what we're gonna call it <laughs> growing apart there was some animosity for sure like well i mean at the end of the day i don't know like we put 
I know we had to put some stuff behind us for six days before. It was just sure. like, that was our job. Like for, for what it's worth from the outside looking in, even at your guys, I don't want to say your worst, the but people your, always made at, it worse. At than your most was. heated. Yeah. I think you guys, yeah. I don't think you think always expressed an, a, a uh, respect for Caleb yeah, and Caleb, you always expressed an, a, a respect for that as a racer. And I think that's where you guys could always, I always remember here. Caleb saying like an interview one time, it was like, I know if Thad's suffering, or I know if I'm suffering, I know Thad's suffering. So it was like we kind of had that mutual respect or whatever. Yeah, and that's and that's more in in, in race detail and and what it boils down to when it gets really hard and almost exaggerated to a point where uh, you're pushing the limits of what you're actually capable of. And uh, you know that's one thing that that Thad has always been really good at is. He's one of the best sufferers in the sport that I know. I know, like, I heard a quote one time. It was like, I know there's some controversy with Lance Armstrong, but it was like, I remember listening to a podcast or an interview or something. He's like, I don't quit when I'm tired. I quit when I cross the finish line. And, like, that was my, like, okay, like, that stuck in my mind for so many years. I was like, oh, man, like, that's actually really good. And I feel like I've, I have that mindset. Like, I, I'm like, man, like, I know what I can push myself to. Like, I'm not going to give up. Like, I don't know. It's it's tough. But and, do you think, and this might be digging into some things, but do you think you were always that way? Or you think you learned that? No, I learned that. Like, like that. that's part of the grit I, I that think, comes. I, I think, too, over the years, like, I for sure think he, he I, I can say he, he learned that just from watching the. Because there was a time where that fire flare. I mean, from 2009 had, to maybe. Uh, maybe 15 i was gonna say 15 the kr4 15 i was just like hit or miss there would be some killer rides in there when it got do hard, i want when it got when it was hard, easy like it, it was it was yeah. like what do i do now and yeah. then it was like you always chose the easy path and yeah what, i mean which it everybody like, it's, do i want to do this do i really want to race or like i i mean i'll be honest like that yeah no like, I, and i think that's we love the honesty yeah and, and it's it's hard to i just up. ran on talent for so long and then it would you just you just run out of talent and I had to learn the hard way, and I'm glad I learned that way. Like, I feel like it's made me into who I am now. Like, I feel. Do you think if it would have come <sighs> easy to you in 2009, 2010, wait, nine was the first year that you jumped in, just at the end of the year, it did come easy. So if it would have come easy in 2010, 11, 12, do you think you'd still be here grinding doing this today? No. So No way. Essentially, the hardships, the the difficult days, the – the lessons that you had to learn and I made I, you into a guy that still loves this all these years later. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, I learned the hard way and I figured that out towards the end of 15 and I was able to put a together a really good 16. And that's when Timmy called me and was like, Hey, like you, would you be a factory ride? And it was tough because, you know, 2000, I signed with Yamaha when I was 11 years old. So I was with, Essentially, I was with them from 2001 to 2011. Factory ride. Honda, 2012 to 2014. Then I was no factory rider anymore. I was barely, I wouldn't even say I was supported in 15. It was just kind of like a KR4 Fred Andrews deal last on the totem pole. Like, here, here we got this little bit for you. But let's talk a little bit about that year, yeah. because I think if you look at your last few years with Ampro, you're, you're in 2014. I was done at the right. end of the year. I was like, I'm done racing. 
I don't want to do this anymore. But there was in even in 13 for in in I had some good rides. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. There was a flash of brilliance here, there was a win there, there was some podiums here and there. But and I, then 15 I wasn't was working the year hard that, yet. You know, I, with KR4, you really kind of you put yourself on the map as far as consistency. You bet you were there all year. You battled. I th- yeah. I think that was in uh 13 and 14. As far as like the consistency, like yeah. just me looking back over time um, and, and seeing everything uh, transpire and develop as it was, uh, you know, we went 2010, 2011, yeah. 2012. And honestly, those first, those first three years as a XT1 pro rider with factory Yamaha, the Ampro team, yeah, it was almost like these, these last several that we've had where we've three years in a row and we haven't finished an entire season yeah, worth yeah. of races yet. Yeah. Obviously, it was completely different circumstances from then till now. But then that 13-14 season, I can, I can remember back in the day when I was because we were still competing and uh you know the the swagger that Thad had when I knew him and we were, we were battling like it was it wasn't essentially there anymore. It was more like I just want to finish these races and I'll be happy with top 5s and getting through and that's what he did know those next two years and, and i feel like it took those those you know take take it on your cheek yeah take it as you will uh to build yourself back up and you did you built you, you built yourself back up because i mean in 2017 it took three years <clears throat> essentially it took three more years after the first three yeah and like and then we then then it was you know all on it was tough for me too because growing up like we were so close and I was the one always winning or beating Caleb. And then, like, now, 2011 to, I mean, the whole, till 2020, I mean, it was like, he was winning. I was second. Like, it was tough to to flip-flop. Like, yep. And I think that made me, like, I think that built me up, too. Like, man, I like, I want to beat him again. I want to beat him again. And obviously, I didn't, but. I gave, it, I gave it my hell to do it. On the lighter side. And there was some awesome battles. If you think back to those years of Yeah, there, there you was know. some there was some we had we had some. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff that happened. Yeah. yeah. There, there was a lot of, there was some controversy that goes from, with it. From, from but seven, that's what happens when you have two guys that want to win yeah. and are really willing to do anything to win. 17, 18, and 19 were very heated. Competitive. For sure. Yeah. I and, there was bar and bang and there was tons of passes. And when, when people always ask me, like, oh, who who was your toughest competitor? I don't ever have like a straight up answer for them. Because it wasn't it wasn't one singular person like it was multiple it was a trio throughout the years. I know? just filled one of the slots. Like I feel like not. Yeah, uh, but I for mean, three yeah, yeah. years you filled that slot yeah, week in years. and week out, and it wasn't a small feat. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and being I, here I now, seeing now. the program, I'm like, damn it! it, it if I would have just, I if I would have just worked harder, like I like I understand why. The last lap, he was always so much better. Like I, I, hundred percent understand now. Have you ever lighter side for a moment? Have you ever laid in bed at night and thought about how many wins and championships you might have <sighs> had Caleb Russell have never decided to race GNCC or not committed himself like he did? Has that joking, but at the same time, has that thought ever crossed your mind? <sighs> not really. No, because I I know people will say like you talk about Kevin Windham. Yeah, you know, how many championships would he have if not for Ricky? You know, Chad Reed, how many championships would he have if not for Ricky? I know that's not a reality. But I'm not saying I would have I would have worked or rode that hard if Caleb wasn't around. Like I don't know. I just we always had that 
I guess, battle growing up. And then we just kept kept going, I guess. Like, so seeing his success and dominance motivated you yeah, to want to have that? 100%. That's cool. For me, um, it was it was likewise. I, I don't think I would ever be, would have been as successful as I became to be if it wasn't for being beat in 2012 like I was, yeah. which it was with Paul Whibley. You know, he was my first quote unquote. Nemesis. But I feel like you, Caleb, you kind of had to learn the hard way too growing oh, up. Yeah. Like, so that, like, I felt like you found that earlier than what I did. I, I feel like my success was founded upon uh, either making it, it was sink or swim. Yeah. I turned 18 and I was on that, the PG, yeah. the PG KTM team at the time with Bart Hayes. And uh, I, I wasn't that good. You won the championship in 2008. And yeah. I, I did end up winning. I think you had some good rides. I had some, yeah. I had some good rides. You won I Kentucky. Had, yeah, I won, yeah, I won the Kentucky. That was That's my first XC2 win. And uh, I had some good rides, but it wasn't anything crazy or flashy. But the, I remember at the end of the year, like it was, I was getting a factory KTM ride, and it was for no money. And then that's when the economy was crashing. It was at its peak of just plummeting. And uh, it was I, I signed the factory KTM KTM deal, which honestly, looking back, is like I don't. I'm I'm, I'm almost surprised that I even I even got that 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 ride. Um, I don't know if it was. It it probably had a lot to do with I was factory supported ktm rider at the time and i had a little bit of potential i did win a race i was i think i got fourth that season yeah i think so and um but yeah after after that i you know i i wasn't ever really great in school um i had a whole lot of i, I don't want to say family issues because i didn't have like crazy um family yeah, issues yeah. but i was like I was bouncing back and forth between my mom, my mom and my dad's, and I just said, "You know what?" But, but then, you know, then you met Chandler. Every every show has to have like a a shtick, a thing. Yeah. Ours is going to be Caleb cussing and then hitting the bleep button. That's what is is starting to develop here in episode two. You know, if, I, if I, you I don't do like think, it. Don't listen. I uh, do think um, to interject here. At some point, we could do a complete episode just about uh, things that people don't know or understand about Caleb, and mm. I don't think Caleb would be comfortable with that. Mm. So maybe Thad, I, you I'm, could, I'm out. Honestly, I'm out. No, no, no. That, that's not yeah, tonight. Honestly, that's not tonight because yeah. it's it, it goes that's in deep. Not. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not uncomfortable about anything. Yeah. No, honestly. it's not you're that like, you're uncomfortable talking about. It. I think you'd be uncomfortable what I or people that actually know you would have to say about it. Because I think the I, th I think you'd be pleasantly surprised, Johnny. Because you know, you know, some people. I don't. There, know. there are people, I, Johnny. Just listen. Listen to this right here. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm listening. Out. I'm gonna give you some. This wisdom is me listening right here. You know, some people out there think that Caleb Russell is the biggest asshole in the world, and they should believe it. Mm. And you know, and some people out there think Caleb Russell is the greatest person they've ever met. You should believe that too. I don't treat everyone equally. I treat people accordingly. So if you think I'm the biggest asshole in the world, well, maybe you said something I didn't like. <laughs> you know, I love this. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give it right back to you. Yeah, for sure. We've already had comments about this. Like they like Johnny's PC approach and my straightforwardness, and that's how I was grown up, and that's how I was raised. And like I said, I've been on my own essentially since I was 18. You know, I I found myself 
right out of high school. Yeah. I took off. I left. I was like, I don't know any better. In the Astro van. In the Astro van. There was a little S10 involved for a while, too. No. Ranger. Or, sorry, my bad, my bad. Ford Ranger. (laughs) That thing passed us on the way back from a, uh, I've told you this, passed us on the way back from a Mideast race one time, many years ago, about 2007, 2008. Caleb was sleeping. Chandler was driving. Same story. Yeah. Different year. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, 2008. <laughs> Carry the math. 14, but like 15 I said, years later. I, I, I've literally, like, I, I've turned into a person that um, is. But that, like, built your character. It, it did. It, it really did. It, it, it made me, it turned me into the, the, the man, the person that I am today and the yeah. way, and my outlook. Obviously, like, it's not that my family was disowning me by any means, but. You wanted to make your own way. Yeah, I, I made my own way for sure. And I really feel like that is what jump-started my career. And I feel like that does for a lot of people too, is like yeah. when you throw yourself out there and you just separate yourself from everything and it's either sink or swim. Sure. Like those are your only options. I've, I've always said, uh, a lot of parents will say, well, you know, we spend a lot of money racing. We travel around the country. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's a big sacrifice for our family. And I had this conversation with a parent today regarding a contract for one of the companies I work with. And I said, if, you know, if you're, his son is an A-class, going to be an A-class rider, wrote a youth all-star, whatever that class is, uh, the 250, I don't even know all the names of the classes anymore, a morning class on an ATV, uh, moving up to an A-class. And I told him, I said, if you're 100% sure that your kid is going to be the next Walker Fowler, you're nuts. I said, but if you see the value in, you know, your son having to go out, figure out some of this stuff on his own when he travels without you, once he's of age, once he's 18... Because for me, like people talk about, oh, I send my kid off to college. That's where I teach him to be an adult. Really? You send him to a place where you've paid his tuition. You've, you know, he has a meal plan. Yeah. He has an RA. No, no, I'm not against college, but you don't learn the real world there. You learn the real world when like each when of life, us three individually were, yeah. when you know, 17, happens. 18 years old. And you're like, hey, you know, dad can't go this weekend or you're kind of out on your own trying to figure things out. You're traveling across the country. You get a flat tire. You're on limited income. You know, you got a couple hundred bucks to your name. You don't really have enough for the hotel, and you figure it out. Yeah. I remember Bill Balance. He won a few races, a few championships. Hmm. If we're going to talk about some ATV couple. guys. Um, eight, nine, sorry, nine GNCC championships. Actually, still the all-time winner of championships. Uh, I remember him telling me he won his first GNCC race when uh, he was on the T-shirt at Clarksburg, West Virginia, because his then-girlfriend, now-wife, he was on the T-shirt. She spent all of the money they had to buy T-shirts. Wild Back then, they used to pay. They used to have a slide in the pond there, right? Yeah. And they used to pay us before we left for the weekend. You got like yeah. Yeah. your pay to go home. Shit, and he that was knew. up until like 2010 yeah, it wasn't, or it wasn't 11 or something. Like, yeah. He knew there was no direct deposit, no checks. It was just you got paid to go home. He knew well, he needed that money to, to make, make it home. home. And he said, there's nothing like knowing. Now, maybe he's sensationalized that story yeah. over the years. But he, when he tells it, he's got a pretty serious look on his face. He said, there's nothing like knowing you don't have the money for fuel to get home and having to go out and win to make it home. Now, he probably could have got third and had enough money to make it home on fuel, but that's his motivating factor. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember in 2009, like I, like I said, I was, I was separated. It was either sink or swim. I had this factory KTM ride, and I was pitted against Corey Buttrick at the time <clears throat> in XC2. Uh, so it was Kurt Caselli, Nathan Canny. Corey Buttrick and myself. There's four of us on Factory KTM, two XC1, two XC2 riders. And I just remember starting that year and just feeling like if I don't beat this guy, I'm probably not. You're done. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. That's that was my emotions and my time. And back then it was like that. 
I yeah, feel yeah, like. it really was, especially that year yeah. in 2009, because it was it was tough. Rough. It was, it was really tough to transcend this into Thad and uh, and where he was going from this point forward. We we have these these three years moving up from XC2, being the can't miss kid to XC1, Emperor Yamaha factory rider, doesn't work out, doesn't have the uh, the mustard so to speak, and then gets knocked down a shelf uh, to the the Morgantown Honda Power yeah. Sports ride. Uh, you know, they, they had help from Honda. Was there for, what, what was that, two or three years? Was it, it was, it two was years. Shenandoah Honda in 2012. and 2012. And then it was Morgantown Honda Power Sports in 13 and 14, I think. Were, were you riding, were you bouncing back and forth from a 450 to a 250 in those years? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. W- won a race on a 250. Yeah. Just because back then the 450 was such a handful. Like, I, f- I felt like... You guys had advantage with the 350 even back then. Yeah, I, I remember, especially when you when you switched over to that KR4 Husqvarna, you were a completely different rider when you were able to ride the, yeah. the 350 consistently and all the time. Like, but it was look- tough, like switching back and forth, and then you know, 14, the the support with Honda I knew was going out, and you know, I got a call from Auntie. I was like, hey, like, do you want to go to six days? I was like, man, like I don't know if I can afford to go because Honda's pulling their support. I don't know. And I took a bone stock Honda 450 to Argentina and got, I think, 7th or 8th overall, and that's when Fred called me. So I feel like maybe that ride at six days kind of sparked that fire again to, I guess, my career till now, maybe. Oh, that was Germany, right? Mm, Argentina. Oh yeah, it was. I was in. I was in Argentina. I yeah. thought you were talking about twelve. You went to Art. You went to Germany in twenty twenty twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty twelve was, was Germany. That was still a Honda. Yeah, so I was right. I rode a Honda. Twenty twelve Germany. Yeah. Twenty thirteen. Thirteen. You didn't go. No. Or did you? Italy. Jesus Christ. I went 12, Dude, 13, been, 14, 15, so 16, long, 17. Like, um, um, yeah, yeah. yeah um, <clears throat> and then I go seventeen and crashed first yeah, test. First we're, test. We're gonna get into that. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get into that. <laughs> Hold on, but before we move on too far. And, and we're going to talk I remember, about other things. I remember, I, there's two important things. I, I remember ask. this one very well. Okay. There's the yeah, same. I was there as well. <laughs> I, we all remember it. Two things. Snowshoe. 2008. Eight. I won that race. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> Simmer down. I won that Pump race. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Dave and so I we've, we've talked about We've talked about this already in yeah. our one debut episode. How there never has been a race won from XC2 on the the motorcycle side. It has will, happened on this is the ATV whole, side. Yeah, but yeah, several times. I, this is a whole episode on it. It is, but I want to, while we have I him know. sitting here, I want to ask him two things. And the first one is all these years later, it still hasn't happened. And I guess, I guess the but way didn't you, you say, have a second overall or a third. Oh, there's been seconds. I've You've had, had a, I've had a, a couple seconds from but two, yeah. that but, race. It wasn't just about second overall. It was, Watching, I remember watching the race. I remember hearing Rodney on the loudspeaker. Our, this was pre-Racer TV. Racer I blew TV that race on the concrete. But let's face it, at the last check-in, that that long swamp section, we're, we're doing the counting. Yep. Everybody's looking at it. We're like, he's got it. Like, he's got it. You had the first, and to this day would be the only, we should have asked Ben. Yeah, but I, would that, I, would I, that I really, count as, would that? I, there, the, I, I think it's an XC2 win. Yeah. Overall, regardless of the fact that snowshoe, because you started on, you're saying because you, it, it, the times. Yeah, because didn't different. Jesse Robinson do a second overall 
there yeah, too. He, yeah, and that was in 2010. Though. Yeah. So snowshoes the the anomaly of yeah. that whole thing because you can start on the first row. I get that, but it still and counts. You can start you're still on the an XCT row, right? and you're only right. what? And, I don't even yeah, think it's, it's 10, 10 seconds. seconds. I don't think it's 10 seconds either. But regardless, it still counts. Yeah. You can even say it doesn't, Obviously, but it does. I would say that. But yeah. like to legitimately I get, do it. Totally like, get what you're saying. You're going to have to be a minute down. Yeah, like, I feel To have that respect, so I feel like it In, in my mind, and please understand if anybody out there is listening, I know there was times where, you know, halfway through a race or TV show or, or through the, you know, uh, broadcast or, or watching the race, Grant Baylor is going to get it done. Uh, Stu Baylor is going to get it done. Like, there's been talk. But yeah. in my mind, the two that I feel like were all but in the bag and then weren't. One, he, he was in the show last week. Ben Kelly with the oh, Phantom. Iron Man. With the Phantom, I think my front wheel's locking up with the championship oh, on I the line. That's what like both had, of us it, were, had it in the bag. He was, he, both of us he were hurt. Had it in yeah, the bag. He had that. And, and Ben's not here to defend himself, but... I, still I don't to, think anything was I wrong. I still to this day No, believe. there wasn't. No, no, no. It was but, all in his head. Yeah, yeah like for sure. But, but that still can only be a speculation. We can't prove that fact. Come on, Ben. What the <laughs> was wrong? <laughs> I think if I was in his shoes, I would have still sent it. Like, oh, yeah, there ain't no, sure. like, I, there would be but, no way yeah, I would have Yeah, but that shows you Ben. Ben, ben is calculated, ben, man. Yeah. I was getting ready to say he's way over-calculated. Yeah. No, I don't think he's over-calculated. I think he's calculated. He's you over- think he's over-calculated because you're a maverick, and he's... What's the other guy? Iceman. Yeah. He's Iceman, you're Maverick. You just want to fly Mach 15 and blow everything up. Ben wants That's to know what's going to Maverick. Work. No, Goose <laughs> was in the back seat. Iceman was the other pilot that would make fun of Maverick for being an idiot, like you are sometimes. Well, I'm a dumbass. No, you're not. You've got, <laughs> hey, man, how many wins? What did we figure out last? Listen. I think I, that was probably the closest XC2 win, I, if there would have been one. No, no, no. I had yours, one that was within time-wise, five. Time-wise, yeah, the mine was. Because yours, I think they had to actually but go But wasn't back Ben even leading, like... He was... He was, he was physically. Like, was, physically, yeah, yeah. right? He, but no, it, no, 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 no. He wasn't physically in the he lead. He was right behind he him. Was, he was on his rear He wheel. was within all... He wasn't quite within sight. He was, like, 15 seconds. Yeah. 15 seconds within, like... Yeah, and he stopped. Physical size. It was like stopped. a lap to go, right? Yeah, stopped well, for a he, front wheel change. I, I remember this because I wasn't racing that day. What was that? It was 18? That would have been 18. Yeah, it was 18. Yeah. So it was right after my sh- my shoulder surgery. I was out in the woods, and I remember- Or 19. No, it was 18. It was for sure 18 because I didn't race. Actually, there was like three years in a row where I didn't race Ironman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was. Same. One was a shoulder, one but was a he won wrist. 19 at yeah. Ironman. I remember that. Okay. But in 18, he stopped. There was like a lap and a quarter to go. It was just before the pits, and he like was motioning to people like he had some sort of problem. Ben's gonna kill us uh, when he listens to this. But I think what happened, it like, happened. We're I, not making what it I think up. what what had happened. Like he either went into a rut and like pushed his caliper in on his front yeah. brake, and he didn't have any brakes, and he thought his wheel was all messed up, and he kept freaking out about it. Instead of honestly, we'd have to get him back on. So yeah. like we should ask him <clears> if he would do it do it different now. Yeah, oh for sure, you probably would have sent yeah. it. But, I don't think he would. But I, I, I remember clearly, like, uh, you know where the start is at yep. Ironman. So you, you, he came, you, you came across the top of that field, and you're going west. So you're going, going away, away from, from the, the motocross track. track. Yeah. And uh, so you went away from the motocross track, and then you came back across the other side of the start into the pits. And I remember he stopped at me. He's like, "Something's wrong with my my front wheel." He's like, "Something's messed up." And so I ready to the pits. I was like, hey, Ben needs a front wheel. And they stopped. They changed the front wheel and he lost it right there. But he was literally like. That's what I, I thought. He was pretty like close. Super. He was like within 15 seconds. He was right on. I think it was Stu at the time. He yeah. was right on Stu. Yep. 
and then he did that. Well, even at Powerline Park, remember he had us by like thirty seconds or something like that. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's almost to be expected because you know how it is in XC one. Like the first several laps, especially the first lap. Oh yeah. Especially it depends on what the track is like and who's leading and who's leading. Yeah. Like how fast it it dictates the, the speed. Uh, drastically, um, you know, it's if, it, if it's very, TVs. yeah, I'm sure. As soon as it's like slick and you're uncomfortable, like you just kind of ride around and try to to mitigate the risk and not do anything to fall down and push yourself any further back. And the track's a little bit more broken in by the time yeah. those guys get there, and they have a little bit of an advantage. But it was like Buckley, Buckley, like for in 2022, Johnny, somebody was leading the overall. Maybe Lyndon, Lyndon and Johnny were leading the overall. Dude, early in the those, race it happens more than you know if you don't yeah. go back and watch racer yeah. tv you'd be shocked it yeah, probably happens, happens. i mean i almost, wouldn't say half the time this, but 30 percent of the time yeah this year probably 60 percent of the time like I, the last four races that johnny was here or the last three that johnny raced xc2 he was well inside there, the overall yeah. overall and very close to you guys and then he you know johnny does what johnny does and like over exaggerates his riding a, a bit Oh, bless his heart like oh, we're, mm. we're, we're working on that but yeah. he just gets i i mean i think well, he gets caught up in the moment a little yeah bit. he does he, he for sure but does. that's just how he like that's he's and full sin that's it he like, is like, like he and that's that's good and that yeah, yeah. that reverts back to uh, you know like if you could have learned that earlier yeah. like just never say die yeah. that mentality and like just it's give it all you have it's it'd be, it'd be a whole lot different. that's why i feel like he'll be He'll be tough because he'll have that full sin mentality. What Not I think, so much that we had, but I think he'll be able to go hard the first couple of laps and get that cushion. And then, like something you were so good at is managing it. I think if he learns to do that, he'll be tough. Yeah, I and I and I think that's the biggest key to everything is when you have that ability to to put yourself in position and to stay there and to knowingly just ride yeah like that's what people forget to do is just ride like they get caught up and then everything snowballs in the wrong direction yeah because you know how it is when you get into lappers like that third lap that fourth lap it's it's one thing to lead like the first one and two lap the first two laps because there's nobody in front of you you, you might have some pressure but no, yeah. nobody's ever really pressuring you but that third fourth fifth lap the race starts to develop like the third lap. It gets intense the fourth lap, and it's even harder the fifth. Especially, it depends on. If it's six, I always six remember like there'd be race. some races where you would get away from me, and I'd be like, "There'd be more." There'd be some races where I would start to panic to try to catch you, but then there'd be some races I was like, "Oh, we're gonna hit lap traffic. Like I'm good. Like I'll catch them." That exaggerates everything. Every yeah, just your mindset. That's when you got. That's when you got to learn to ride. Like just ride and be smooth and not make that big mistake where you lose a bunch of time. Yeah, but once everybody understands the the racetrack, and I don't want to give up too much here because this is something I talk to you guys about all the time, and like try to get you to visualize and understand. It's like once everybody has that racetrack, there's no more advantage. Yeah, there's no. It's very hard to pass. And out. I feel like nowadays is so hard. you like a lot of people don't have an advantage nowadays just because we've been at the track so many years. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's the lines unless unless you have a line that's off the wall, um, and I feel like most of the off the wall lines are already the main track. Yeah, like there's not exactly. much left. Yeah, there, there's nothing left, you know. And now all the off the wall lines are off the damn track. Yeah, 
So it, it's very difficult now to make up ground and make passes once after the third yeah. lap. Like you have, to, you have to put yourself in position on the third lap and you have to control it and, and pass that. Like you're just SOL unless the guy makes a mistake with a lapper or you're just that much better. And you can just, uh, you, when you get to that open section, you can pressure them and push them wide or be a little bit aggressive. And I'm not saying aggressive as yeah. in taking them out, but just like, just find a way to get your front wheel in front of his. I feel like that's why Jordan was always good is because he's a good starter. So he'd always put himself there. Like that's why he was always there. We, 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 I know we, you already we, talked about it, but we, I'm just saying, like, we, no, we, that's we, a this good. Is, we, this is that we, we, we want to hear his, yeah, yeah. his perspective like that's on a Jordan. Good, You've raced him for a long time. That's a good example of Jordan. He's a great starter, so he's always going to be up front. And nowadays, the tracks are so hard to pass or make up time. And, and I feel like that's Ben. Why ben made stronger. the reference that he felt Jordan was one of the hardest guys to pass too. Hundred percent. Like it, he's tough, just because he just rides the bike wide. He's so good at that. He, from the outside looking in, obviously I do not have the ability to race with Jordan Ashburn uh, on a dirt bike. Yeah. But from the outside looking in, he does not get shaken mm-hmm. when you run it in on him. He doesn't get shaken when you're behind him pushing him. I'm not saying that he never makes mistakes. Yeah. Everyone does, but he seems to be pretty rock solid no matter who's behind him pushing on him. Caleb if, was always so good at that. Yeah. If just, you're gonna if you're gonna pass him, you're gonna have to take it. He's yeah. not gonna give it to you, kind of a thing. It was like if I would pressure him. It would almost have to be a mistake by somebody else for me to pass him instead of him making a mistake, like because he just never made the mistakes. So I just, I, I just, I really feel like my biggest attribute when it came to like racing, especially down the stretch, was my ability to separate emotion. I was very, I was very quick uh, to 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 pick up on where it was actually possible for someone to just make a move on me straight up. So good, I don't- and then. That was the frustrating part. I, yeah, for me. I, I, could, for me. I could really pick up on lines. So, like, Thad, you're saying where somebody can in get places close, where you thought that you might have an edge on him and be able to make He it would work, always know. I don't know how. It. He would be literally in front of me, and I'd be like, all right, like, I think I can pass him right there next lap. And we would come there, and he would either take the line or sprint like around the outside of that line. Almost make, as if he had a, a, a third, yeah. fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh sense about 100%, it. 100%. Like, that he was always so good about reading me behind him yeah like he always knew like my next in the back of his head. yeah like it was it was very frustrating some races well and that's purely because like i would spend like if i couldn't get away from people i i spent most of my career battling on well, not most i i spent my first few years learning very hard how to get to this level and then the the two guys that i was racing against which would be wibbly and Charlie, like Charlie and I, we'd battle so freaking hard those the entire season of thirteen and then the beginning of fourteen. Yeah. Um, and and like I said, I was just a quick learner in that aspect, and and a lot of things like it's almost uh, second nature to me uh, to have that sort of sense. I, I and that's something you can't teach. You, you got to have the racecraft. Yeah, it, it's you it's have to learn and race to win. I could figure out if I couldn't get away from somebody and I and I could figure out my racers, the guys that I was racing against very quickly. Um, whether it was you, Strang, um, you know, Wibbs and Charlie were very hard to uh to like get a handle on because I would almost you know, Wibbs I didn't have to battle a whole lot. I think Wibbs really helped me develop my racecraft because and he was never very good in the first few laps, but he was strong as hell. Like the guy was an ox, 
He was never going to quit. Uh, and But Charlie, like he was fast and he was an ox. He was never going to quit. Uh, so those two guys individually like helped me develop a racecraft and I raced them enough over the, those two and a half years to where once it was easy and then people started catching up, like if I couldn't get away from somebody in the first lap or two, like I was like, all right, I'm going to deal with them. And then I would settle down. I would ride my race. I would ride very comfortably and I'd pay attention to where they'd put pressure on me. <laughs> and then wherever they put pressure on me, I'd make sure the last yeah. couple of I, laps. I really wish we had a camera in studio yeah, right now. Because Thad's face is, yeah. you can see he's just, he's going through all those times where yeah. you're like, he's, man, I got, not wrong, I right? got the card. Yeah. I, I'm going to play this hand. Yeah. And then next thing you know, yeah, it's he, just he where, knows the hand you're going to play where, before where, you. Wherever I felt like I knew they had pressured me before, I'd make sure I nail that section or pick it up. And then I would ride the sections that I felt comfortable with. I would step it up there too. And then everywhere else, I would just ride comfortably and make sure I didn't make any mistakes. And I won. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I made a career out of it, yeah, really. And I think that like you, they helped you build that racecraft. So then like to me, it was like, 13 14 15 i like had to learn that race craft and then 16 halfway through the year i started racing you like i kind of was figuring it out a little bit so i was racing him and i was like okay this is what he's doing now at the beginning of the race this is what he's doing at the end of the race so then coming into 17 i kind of knew i knew the game like i knew him so i felt like that's kind of what made me be able to battle him 17 18 19 is because i learned that racecraft and then i was able to race him in 16 figure it out okay like but then now i think like Stu, i think Stu might have picked it up after me because then he started racing us and it just kind of like people learn 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 learn. learn. sure you're always going to have people to catch on when you got a couple guys out front it's hard when you have one guy and nobody can bridge the gap but when somebody bridges that gap and starts battling it seems more attainable for other people. I just always but, remember if Caleb got the whole shot, I had to bust my ass to get to him because I knew if I didn't, it was like the race was over. He was just going to manage that gap. He was so good at managing the gap. Well, and I think one of the most dangerous guys, uh, you know, Caleb, you won races by getting out front early, pulling away, holding the lead. You won races by coming from behind. You won races by battling the whole way and holding them off in the final turns. You took them away from people. Like certain people have like a certain way that they prefer to, or really win races. Like you were kind of an opportunist, not saying you didn't have a plan, but you know, you would kind of take what the race was giving you, what your, what your best opportunity was. And instead of having a plan, you had like four plans and you applied. I I really wish we had a camera because right now, now Caleb's the one making the faces going, Hey, don't say too much, but you know, you've got a plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and whichever best fits that day in the way the track, your competition, the, opportunity that best presents itself is what you capitalize on yeah i can remember going back and uh having team personnel like what what's your plan today and i'll be like i don't know we'll see yeah because you can't you know in the back of your mind you have a couple different like, ways that you could attack <clears throat> and, and i remember you tell me in the past too again not giving away secrets i think this is no secret yeah the, everyone I, I races you race different people differently if the guy putting pressure on you that day was Thad, you have a way of racing him for the most part based on how he's attacking you. I knew if it was I, Josh Strang, it was going to be a different plan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it all hinged on who was doing what at the time, and it wasn't a premeditated 
ordeal. The only premeditated premeditated ordeal was try to get the whole shot and get the hell away from everybody. Yeah. Control the race from the front. Yeah. Yeah. So if and I was very good at that for a very long number of years. And it wasn't even a long number of years. Like there, there's a whole lot of times um where especially the beginning of the year, like I would have such good preparation where it was super easy for me. Not and I and I want to say we talked about this last show. Yeah, it looked easy. It, looked it felt easy, easy yeah. in I, the moment, but it was because of the work you put in to get it to It was that. exactly because of the work that I, I did and I put in that it made it look easy, but it was easy for me to manage gaps and, and mitigate the risks and the, and uh, manage who was behind me. But I always knew uh, that the time would come to where I would be racing somebody. And that's why I always made sure I tried to keep myself one step ahead of the competition and the sense of what I was doing and always developing and not getting, not getting stuck in the same old routine and the same stance and the same mindset. I was, I, I developed over the years because I went from just being super gritty and like not knowing anything about training, not knowing nothing. I just knew the first race that I really got beat out of, uh, which was, would have been 2011 at big buck was to, to Strang and, and Charlie, I remember standing on the podium and was like, I was the fastest guy this day. And I got beat. I got ran down by Josh Strang, who was a minute and a half behind me at one point. And I got my ass kicked the last two, two laps. I can fix that problem by just being more dedicated, more disciplined. Uh, so we did that. We started there. And then it developed into where I was doing dumb shit and training at the time, which was exaggerated as far as like what I actually should have been doing compared to nowadays. But I didn't know any better. I was just doing it on my own. Because like I said, you know, KTM, they, they hire you, they give you all this money and they give you these bikes and they say, go get, go get the job done without giving you actually a platform to do it at. So I didn't know. So I just started. I was like, all right. So a lot of these guys, they get all these bikes and this money and they, they get told, all right, go get the job done. Um, and back, and that's, that's how it's been for a long time. And then it just came down to like the grittiest guy. And I, I figured out, I was like, you know, Strang and Charlie and even Wibbs at the time, which I beat that day. Um, but those got, it was continuously like the same, uh, the same thing over. It was always, it wasn't always the fastest guy that won. It was always like the guys that trained and really fit and you knew they were training. You didn't know what they were doing, but I was like, all right, I just need to start doing something to get better. So I just did that. I just did whatever I thought was going to work. And I didn't have any plan or any sort of action or I took action is all I did. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a program. I just did whatever I felt like was going to suit me best that day or however I felt. And I was probably doing it all wrong. I know I was doing it all yeah, but in that moment, you know, it's doing, way more yeah, doing something is better now. than doing nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's at, it, at its core. Like, is, sure, if you have the ability to have someone that has a knowledge, like you do, you know, like Jacob does, like Charlie does, like a, a trainer that's been through it, tried things that work, has actual data to refer to. Sure. Now, but, now it's now but it's for more, somebody that is doing nothing. Doing something, doing something is better than is doing nothing. Be, but when you're doing when you're doing nothing and you go to doing something. Biggest thing is the grit in yeah. you. 
Like because you want it then. Yeah, because you, you really want it. Yep. Like that's what it really boils down to. You know, you we see all these guys, they get to this level and they're very talented. And uh and, and I wanna make it sound like a negative thing on Thad, but it's like you get to that level like it's all talent, you know? Like there's so many guys out well, there. Well, it's a reality. You said it. Yeah, I mean it was yeah. tons of not talent. a negative, it's a reality. Yeah. And but the reality of it is like they get they get to this level with all this talent and they just and like I said, I think Thad's one of the grittiest writers, grittiest writers there are right now. But, but there's do, do so you many think guys out there. It's still that, that way with like people. I I really do yeah. I, because I see the same th- the same trend over and yeah. over. I, I we see a lot of guy, young guys come up. Caleb and I have talked about this that have all the resources now. They have the trainers, they have the data, they have the the plan of hey, if you do this. And you and when it really boils down to it, when it's time to actually push and go right. to that next level, it's it's like a misconception is they might be doing all these things and and hitting these hitting these marks like throughout the week and doing all the work and doing the riding, and when it get, becomes race time, they expect it to become easier. That this is a part where he's going to agree with things I've said in the past that he used <laughs> no, to no, disagree no. with me on. I, yeah. I, I don't think I would ever disagree maybe at one time i would dis- you did. disagree with the this. difference was i, I think maybe that like in, eight years ago no in the moment stop my turn you've been doing no, the talking I, but i i've been i've been thinking i i've been in agreement with this aspect yeah. for years since you now. since you quit racing for sure even before then but i think you used to tell yourself because i think when you're still racing and thad you may know well, this listen as when a, you're as a racer you lie to yourself absolutely and that's exactly what i'm talking you lie to about yourself all the you time. tell yourself and we talked about this a number of years ago I'm i think hurt. it was even during covid yeah. i told caleb i said one of the things that really blew my mind when i started training at a higher level and being fit and like knowing i had the juice to go the, the distance of a race was it didn't hurt less i just knew i could get through it and i knew that i was able to hurt and perform at a higher level than i would have been had I, I would have hurt just as much, yeah. but I wouldn't have been able to perform at as high of a level. And I, I remember having this conversation with Caleb, and he's like, "Dude, it's not that bad." Like he's like, "You, you don't really suffer." I might, have, I might have said that because I was probably at that he was still racing. There was, there yeah. was a Dude, couple it, races I saw him after the race. Like, yeah, I think we oh, were both bad shit. Like, hey, I mean, I remember him posting. How about those? The Dude, uh, in, when he posts his 20, Garmin data yeah. after the races, and you'd see like that was in seventeen after people, yeah, people, Florida. People used to call it the gnarly. Russell Zone. Hey, we, had, we had some ATV guys. Twenty seventeen Florida, and probably I don't I don't remember Camp Coker. Camp Coker twenty seventeen. That was Florida a wild one. Twenty seventeen Camp Coker was probably like my max data I've ever recorded in my sure. life for sure. But in 100%. the moment you lie to yourself and you tell yourself that didn't hurt that bad, when in reality you're so far no, past. I don't. The point. I don't think at that point in time, like you ever tell yourself anything afterwards. That doesn't hurt afterwards. You tell. But at the time, it was bad. just even, like even at the time, it was just like I need to win. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna like I'm I'm gonna push. Like, there's a there's, there's an objective. There's a guy behind me, yep. and he ain't getting around me. All right. Like that's all I was thinking. <laughs> Shift, was shifting like, gears. We got we got a lot of silly season stuff to cover, but while we got that, I in got here, one question for Caleb. All right, but hold on, I got one for you first because I want you to save this. Does it need to be right now? Yeah, kind of. Right. It'd be a good. You're time. up. Let's go. So a lot of people have asked me, well, like why step away when you're at the top? Was that grit gone, or did you just know? <clears throat> um, honestly, I really feel like. You know, I, I've touched on it here and there before, but I honestly, I really, I would love to race the rest of my life. Like, yeah. there's nothing that can fulfill that experience and that excitement and that joy. 
and not that like I really expressed it. Like I was like super stoked when I won. Like I was like, oh, this yeah. is fucking great. But like there's there is a fulfillment there that is there's always gonna be that void. I have the realization that I'm I can't do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. There there's nothing sustainable about what is happening. And to do what I did and and have a successful career and 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 make a life out of it. And I I've had a lot of injuries. Nothing crazy big, but it's 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 shit that adds up. It takes a toll. Um and really for me it wasn't broken bones. It's like both of my knees are shot, my shoulders are fucked, one's still torn. Like I just I had the feeling like I had a I had an eight year deal with KTM. I could have raced another four years. <clears throat> I could have still been racing for the same amount of money. But I was like, I did the first four, and uh, before the last year, I I told Auntie and and Heinz like, hey, you know, I I I want to go a different direction. I I I just had I felt like I put myself in the spot where I had an obligation to fill all the time, and I knew that that was not sustainable at all. And I loved winning, and I and I worked really hard to win, and I didn't want to see myself get beat and then leave. Yeah, like I just. I, and when Johnny reverts back to like 2020, when him and I were in COVID times, like that was probably one of the, I mean, that entire year in itself, like I was more prepared that year than any other year for, for, for certain. Yeah. Um, you know, I worked super hard that off season season was very disciplined, was very dedicated. And then, you know, COVID comes and it kind of threw like a wrench in everything because, you know, it's almost like a, a, a reset for everybody i i don't think just to interject here i don't think people understand the structure that goes into the training the discipline that goes into it the <clears throat> mindset that you have to have and when you talk about gncc those of you listening at home the season obviously as you know goes from end of february through the essentially the end of october um that year it went through the first of november once things got rescheduled but what people don't understand is in most sports um you know you look at world-class cycling you look at any type of, of sport like that, the season is broken down into training blocks where they essentially train for specific events to keep that level, that mindset, that physicality of it for a span of time from February to October is incredibly challenging. Now, all of a sudden COVID comes in. We don't know when we're going yeah. racing. And I remember you saying like, what are we going to do? Like, we're like sitting in your family room and you're like, what are we going to do? Like, are we going to road bike today? Or we're going to go build this ranch Russell North facility. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've got bulldozers sitting here. We were talking about doing this and it was like, well, now's an opportunity. And, and yeah, it's not an excuse. It's just a reality. Yeah. Like I remember no being one, at the no one knew when we were going and him being like, I'm retiring next year. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. There's no way. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm like, it would be completely different. I honestly wish I wouldn't have been as successful as I was because I, I love racing. Yeah. I like, I like doing it. I like riding, but I sucked the fun out of it for myself, but I did a good job at it and I'm happy with what I did. I never would have dreamed that this is where I would, this is what I would have accomplished. And, you know, I was look at you now. You still get to enjoy it. Exactly. And and I'm now he actually gets to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I, I still live. Now he gets to sit back and like, look at these guys suffering yeah that's yeah exa- that's exactly weird. like yeah. i i live vicariously like through you guys racing and it's it's like me out there 
you know, for, for all of you guys, like I, I root all of you on, you know, only one guy, that's, that's the worst thing about, uh, motorsports in general. There's only one guy can win. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got six guys here and only one guy can win. Um, you know, that's the heartbreak part of it. Um, but I truly give like everything that I have and that I built for myself selfishly, at least here in Florida, the standpoint, yeah. try to give all of that to you guys and more now. And, you know, I want to see the best for everybody. And, but with that being said is like, I want to see you guys, I, I want to see who steps up and, and wants it most and, and works for it to, to, to get it done, yeah. you know, because it's, it's not, it's, it's not something that's entitled. You're not entitled to any of this. You know, you have to, you still have to work for it. You still have to wake up and you have to show up and you have to, to put in the work. It's, it's only become more difficult because it's become more sophisticated over the years. And I, I just seen that coming. Yeah. And I was, and like I, I said, I was in the position to, uh, to have a good opportunity to do this. And I took it because it might not have been there down the road. And I was happy with what I've done. Not to say that I, I, I don't regret not still racing. You know, I just know like I'm a not, lot of people have asked me because we've become close. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I remember I one thing, you know, Caleb, you and I talked in, uh, I think it was the end of 2019, and you were kind of, writing was on the wall, you talked about it. Don't think the decision was final if you had, you hadn't announced it, but I remember you specifically saying something that, two things that resonated with me at two different times, one of which was, you know, yeah, I believe I could still win, but looking at these guys coming up and looking at where the sport's at, looking at where I'm at, my age, my body, and you looked at it and you almost looked ashamed when you said it. You'll argue with me because you always do. I don't think you were ashamed. You looked ashamed when you said, I don't think I want to work as hard as I would have to work to keep this up and to keep winning. And there's no shame in that. Like there, it's You might think there is, but I think to me, like you're not saying I can't do it. And it's not being, you're not shying away from a challenge. You're saying I've done, and I, I do also remember you saying, what more do I have to prove to myself, to anyone? Like I did this what's, for me. What's, what's one more championship? Right. And, yeah. But I think you all have always said, like, I did this for me. I didn't do it to try to set records. I didn't do it, you know, to try to be, I don't really care if I'm remembered in the sense of like, I don't want to be like, oh my God, Caleb Russell. Like I did this for me, man. I won races because I wanted to win that race. I won this And you started that at 18 years old when yeah. you you like just hit the road and was yeah. like, I'm just going to do this for me. I, I remember that resonating. I just, I just wanted to swim. I didn't want to sink. <laughs> Got yeah. it. Sink or swim. You wanted to swim. Uh, I wasn't. Oh my. Uh, another thing, real quick, and this is a personal point of uh, adding something in here. Um, I remember you also telling me in the beginning of 2021 when you were down here, and you know Ben was here, Thad, you were here. Uh, you guys were all training. Caleb, you had a bike here, and you went out and you started riding one a lap. Okay, it's oh, a, I did, one I lap. Did more than one lap. No, right you here. did one lap. Right. I was like, I ain't never riding down here ever again. So after taking I've, obviously a couple months off, you came down here. Training started. You jumped on a bike. I don't know if it was exactly the first day, but it was one of the first days. You I, did. I broke in the track per yeah. per Thad. Per Thad, it was one <laughs> I, lap. I think I'm pretty I, sure it was one I lap. I think I remember hearing I, that I it was think like we were going to do a thirty minute moto. I might might have done like. 15 minutes. I think I, I think, <laughs> I think thir- I 13 minutes is what <laughs> yeah. sticks in from what I heard maybe from Ben back in the day. It wasn't But much. on a personal point, you, you said, I, I just realized I was riding out there and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? I rode for the first time, practiced yesterday since my that? retirement. Um, I made it. 
I made it 26 minutes in. Technically, so we were, I was doing two 20-minute motos at Mace MX yesterday. I got my first 20 in. It was fine. I, It was okay. Like, I had fun. I hadn't ridden a quad since the works race after Ironman. I got six minutes into Moto2. There were some sketchy kids out there on, like, 65s that I felt I was going to run over. Um, the track was beat. I wasn't having any fun. And I literally came around this corner, and I just looked up, and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I ride for fun now. Yeah. And I pulled off the track. I went back to the sprinter. I parked my quadist quad quadding. I was done quadding for the day. And uh yeah, I remember and I told Chris Borch afterwards, I said, I remember Caleb saying that a couple years ago. But I gave him the bid in for the doubt because that was when he was doing the motocross thing. So Yeah, that was before I broke my jaw <laughs> in three places. But it was funny. I we're still on the subject of him down here. So we raced from like we raced hard from seventeen to to the end of 19 and i've maybe seen him crash hard once or twice in dude this. i'm i'm good like down here like i was always I good know. for two i remember two i was two here for of, several of them to a fucking winner <laughs> dude and we come down here in 2021 and i seen him crash harder on that sand track in the that's because the, the month we were here then i have like 17 to 19 you you should have seen the one was it 19 or 20 the one that did your shoulder and right there behind the building yeah, but, I think I told everybody about shit this afternoon about that. Uh, yeah. Well, I was talking to Ben about it. I was. I don't remember if I was here for it or I arrived straight away. Right here. It was sixteen. Yeah, it was behind the. Was it? There. It was that long ago. Straight away. Yeah, it was a long time. Ago. Wow. Was it a route? Yeah. yeah. There's a huge route in that straightaway. Uh, it's about. It's about the same spot. Yeah. And I, I think he was doing 117 miles yeah, an hour. It was 117, <laughs> but it was fast enough. <laughs> I remember seeing the video. That straightaway was gnarly back yeah, in the day. My bike was in the trees. <laughs> that's yeah. back before this was an exclusive facility in yeah, Quadis. That's what Quadis that was... were allowed to quad here. Real what? quick, Thad. Yes. You you got to ask a question. Now I get to ask one of you. You asked Caleb about you know why he decided to retire when he did. So when he did decide to retire. Yeah. Obviously, you had been chasing him for so long. <laughs> we need a <laughs> yeah, camera I in here because of facial going. expressions. <laughs> You know, we've talked about this. I, I assume you may have listened to some of our last show, and we talked about this. There was, in my mind, and I think in a lot of people's mind, there was three guys who were on a very short list, and you know, some would argue that maybe Josh Strang was on the top of that list, and yeah. you know, you were second, Stu was third. I, everyone has their favorites. Everyone has their own opinion as to who was heir apparent, if you will. Yeah. But there was three guys who were at the, you know. How much pressure did you feel at that point to kind of step in? Not not necessarily saying to step into Caleb's shoes, but to step into that role of winning races and winning a championship. And what's it been like for you to process the what could only be described as very two yeah, very difficult rough. seasons in twenty one and twenty two? I, I like that pressure. Like the more pressure on me, I feel like the better I do. So with him retiring, I was like, man, like I'm, I'm the guy. Like I, I at the time, I felt like I was the guy because. You know, obviously 20, I had my knee. But then, you know, he raced 20, 21, 2021 opens up. I'm down here with him learning his program. Actually, wait, let's stop real quick and back up to that. Because there was a little bit of something there. Because I yeah. think there was a discussion, and I don't know how much. Well, even we, years, we, we like, can beep this out. Yeah. But I don't know what I'm allowed to say or not. And Caleb probably doesn't even know where I'm going with this. But I, I do inside track information, the inside line. I know there was some discussion internally when, you know, this was going to open up and be a KTM Husky gas gas training facility. Uh, and that was kind of all being negotiated and talked about. There were discussions internally of, well, who's going to come here? And I, I think some people even within the organization said, well, obviously Thad's not going to go to Caleb's and train. I was like, hell no, I'm not going to train there. 
like so how did that all come about and how did you end up here well it was like it's funny because he would get a few miller lights in him at the banquet and be like come train with me come like come come train with me and this is like 2018 and 19 like when we're like going at it and he's like come train with me I'm they like, say a man on miller lights tells yeah his i'm truth. like dude there ain't no way like so it's only gonna make me better yeah <laughs> no, no no like I, yeah yeah I, I like, which i understand like yeah like it would have made us better maybe maybe even be better than what i was at the time but i was like there ain't no way like we already we have our differences and then what was it 2020 that's when the whole thing came up like the ktm husky group and i remember when i first heard it i was like there ain't no effing way i'm going to train with them. there's no way 2020, come back from knee injury. I raced like the last four races, and I like I'm like I'm nowhere near where I need to be. Like I I'm okay with saying that. Like I worked hard, but I didn't work hard enough. And I was like, okay, swallow your pride. Like go go work with him. And f- for me to go to him, I think it was Buckwheat. He was in the trailer. I'm like, oh my. Yeah, like yeah, I was loading my shit up. I was like, I was already told because I was. I think he was already told no, I wasn't coming. Yeah, because I I was already like transitioning into that stage, in which twenty twenty one I wasn't like full time doing that. I was it was like a transition year for me because I still had, I still had contractual obligations to race, and at that time we had no idea because it was still the motocross thing, and then I was going to do possibly, um, the sprint duros, which I only did one. And then I was trying to focus on the, the motocross, then I got hurt. But I was I was I was kind of bouncing back and forth with both. <clears throat> and I remember like leading up to that, like it was like a no go for Thad, like he doesn't want to do it. Yada yada. I was like, okay, that's that's fine or whatever. And then I, I had the already the, the coastal gas gas. I think team it was everything was filled up. No, 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 not no. everything was filled up. It was uh, you know, KTM was a no go because Charlie still had Ben and, oh, yeah, and Josh. That's right. And then Husky wasn't really super involved at the time, but like there was still a chance there. Um, but uh, I so I got the gas gas guys with the coastal team, and they wanted to do the program. I was like, awesome, great, cool. So you know, I'm still sort of racing at the time, and still sort of not. And uh, then Thad came up to me, and he's like, you know, kind of swallowed his pride and came up and was like, hey, what's going to take a train with you next year? I was like shocked the shit out of me (laughs) but that's just because i knew like i knew i wasn't where i needed to be and i knew if i worked with him and seen the program i'd be like i know i'd be ready i wouldn't have a question i have to question myself i guess and and it's and it it, and it's cool because like i said i i've always i've grown up with that and i i do feel like that our dynamic like i do have some knowledge to still give him and uh, you know we still have our differences. Yeah. I still want to slap them over the fucking and head. And even that, like, <laughs> what? I mean, even was it like October? I told him, I'm like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if that's for me anymore. Just because I know the grind is just, it's tough. It's tough. It's it, tough. Like, but when I come here, there's no question that we're the six hardest working guys on XC1 Pro Row. I, I mean, I'll stamp it. Just. So the more I thought about it, I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to be working harder on my own. So I was like, I, I'm, I'm going. Like, I'm going to do this. Like, I want to do it right. 
I don't want to, like you said in the beginning, the confidence of knowing yeah. that no one's outworked you. And really, too, I don't want to like, leave anything on the table. I, I know my time is coming to an end, and but I, I like, I enjoy that suffer. Like I enjoy the grind. The do you enjoy I, when Johnny's leading on a road bike ride and oh, decides to pick it up? God. Caleb, Caleb tells us. Nobody's supposed to go over one fifty so, heart rate. He's not so bad though. Yeah, he's he's a lot better. I'm going back. Was that last year? Yeah, two when years we were, ago? Yeah, you yeah. were there that day. <laughs> we were going like twenty eight miles an hour up a hill. And Thad starts yelling from the back. Yeah, I'm like, dude, slow down. Like but he's got a lot of that. No, and Johnny but Johnny, that's just Johnny's Johnny. response. He's so strong. Johnny's just, response back was Ricky was leading at twenty six mile yeah, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and Thad goes, We were going downhill. Now we're going <laughs> yeah. uphill. But even like now, I don't want him to pedal faster than I can. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah. remember, do you remember the outcome of that? Uh, you left. No, I didn't. No, 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 Caleb made Johnny go buy a Garmin and power pedals. That, oh, yeah. Remember that? Like two days hey, later. How about that? There was how, another time down here. Wasn't there like you got all pissed off at Johnny? I'm, there's there's probably several times. What do you mean I split? I thought hey, like you split how about, off. No. How, how about the time Johnny dropped back and as he was dropping back, I was like, oh, I thought that was Forbes up there. Oh. <laughs> Next time he got in the lead, yeah, he just <laughs> cranked oh, it, dude. Gosh. I think that's when he got mad at him. Oh, yeah. But he even now, back, like being I'm, here... It's because he actually did what we told him. He yeah, was he do. was, was like, so, oh, mad. Was was so mad. Yeah, you don't. He's a hammerhead. He gets fired oh, up. He's, 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 I love Johnny. He's, he's he's a good dude. He's gonna listen to this and he's gonna want his turn to come yeah, on for sure. Just talk smack for those that don't know. That is the voice of the. I tucked the inside line yeah, and I cleaned yeah. them the app yeah. out. <laughs> but no, like even now, just being here, seeing how fast these guys are, like I enjoy it. I'm like, damn, like I need to go faster or I need to do something, figure something out. And and I feel like that just makes me a better rider. Like, especially seeing how fast Johnny's going. You like, look at the lap times and you're like, holy shit. Like, how, how do you think? Um, so let's, let's, let's take a step back in time because like you, you've been in the class since 2000 and 10, yeah. 10, nine, 2009, 2009, one race in nine, 10. 10. Yeah. No, full time in nine. Well, you broke, you broke your you wrist at the first, at Florida, at Florida, yeah. first race. So we we transition we go through this this whole time. So you know you're, I'm there. The you whole have time, to so you I'm have not. to be the longest guy in the class currently. To now, yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. That's a badge of honor. Yeah. It's not. It's not horrible. Ask Johnny. I'm like Johnny G. That's right of the bites. So real Johnny G. Not <clears> I think Josh might have me beat oh, one year. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one year. One year. I forgot about that. Actually. Two years maybe. Well, he technically left for a year. Yeah, he did. Yeah. In Miss 13. He, he so like a year. RPM, KTM, did yep. the West Coast thing. Yep. Take a step back in time here. Walk us through, you know, how you perceived uh, being an XC1 or at, yeah, it, it, it would have been called XC1 at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, thinking back then? Because I, I know uh, for me, as far as like the speed standpoint, the XC1 class is going faster now than it was. 12 years ago. Yeah, but I would love to put you, Charlie, Wibbs, 11, 12, 13 era against the me, you, 17, 18 era, the guys now. So for me, uh, visually watching and then still riding a little bit with you guys, like I don't think in the last um, four to five years, like the the speed dynamic has changed much. 
I think it's the level of people that are going that speed now. Yes. Like there's instead of three to four guys, five possibly, depending on the day, yeah. can go that fast. I think like the whole field is almost that fast for yeah. at least a quarter of the race to half of the race. So there's there's a dynamic there, which I, I do feel like from when I first stepped in, like I feel like in those first few years, like that that I wanna say probably um, 2009 to 2013-ish, 14, like, I feel like we're going faster now yeah. from 16 to, to 2023, going into 2023. But, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, I, I feel like Charlie and I really, that, that year 13 and 14, like, him and I really exaggerated the pace yeah. and the, uh, the fitness level of how long we sustain the yeah. pace. But I don't really feel like the pace is elevated a whole, whole lot. I, I think it has elevated, but, I, but I nowadays in the last three to four years, I think it's just the number of people that have gotten, have figured stuff out and it have became more, um, uh, I want to say structured. I, yeah. I feel like now they're able to, to sustain that pace a little bit longer. So now it's elevated everything a little bit more. So, but, yeah, to that standpoint, I, I agree. And But I feel like looking at it, I feel like maybe from 13 to 20, 19, 20, the track would change so much. So you'd have to learn how to ride the track and be fast. Now, I think the tracks are getting... They're so beat that they're... They're not getting they're, rough. Or like... They're already they either already start out so rough and you can't get out of it yeah. and, and have the the race aspect of finding different lines and alternate yeah. stuff. Like the I, there's already everybody that's already currently there already knows the fast way around the place. Yeah. So I think that's why it's so different. I think it's the same now, but it was different then. I can agree with that because when I cycle the track is like and especially too, like it always catches me off guard. Like I always cycle the track last year. At Big Buck with uh, Josep yeah. when he came over, and I was like, I was cycling the track and like I was taking all these lines, and which the bikes, the morning bike race had it was after the quad race, yeah. which Big Buck is like an anomaly in a sense on half of the track, yeah. not necessarily the 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 half that's um, up front, not up front, well a little bit up front where it's like the single track, the yeah. new pines and stuff that they, oh, shit, those pines have been planted for fifteen years now, yeah. <clears throat> but um that bottom half by the creek jump and stuff like yeah. there's a little bit of like you can weave in and out of stuff yeah but i remember like cycling with him and like he was like oh my gosh there's so much to remember i was like what are you talking uh, about yeah i was like there's not a whole yeah. lot but for him it was new yeah it was very new but yeah now like the bike line like i said like once after that third lap like everything is so cut and dry and straightforward unless somebody falls down makes a mistake with the lapper or just shits the bed and misses a lot. Yeah. Like it's very hard to to get around somebody. I feel like the tracks are rough nowadays, but the tracks are like there's no dirt left. It's just down to like the concrete. It's it's hard. And I feel like it's some square edge and hard. Back in the day, the tracks used to get sh like so rough. I feel like they were remember rougher. Steel Creek? Yeah. I remember how rough like, that would get. I think they were rougher back two four years ago. Three, four yeah, years yeah. ago to now. Like the tracks, don't get me wrong, the tracks are it depends on the weather too. Yeah, for the sure. weather, the, the moisture in the dirt has a, a plays a huge role in it. Yeah. But yeah, I I do feel like it's very hard. 
they've they've run out of land. Uh, no, they've so run out of to, to they route run out the of parking. Yeah. They've run out of places that are big enough for yeah. parking. Well, they've ran out of places big enough for parking, and like they've been using the same yeah. places for so long, yeah. that they've ran out of places to to route the track, yeah. and like so, it's all the same trails we've always ridden. And it, the and last I, like it's years. I can see that, and people are like, just like today, I think, or yesterday, they announced that Tiger runs the yep. fourth, like all the negativity, but like they we've been there for so many years, they don't have any new trails to do right. or whatever. Like, and what I think. From a business and if they standpoint. do make a new trail, like it's going to be like six feet off the old trail, and the yeah. old trail is going to be faster, and there's going to be people over there. Yeah. So, I think what it comes down to, you know, you mentioned like the negativity in the comments and all. There's always going to be people that have yeah. an attitude. There's always going to be people. There's haters that have something to say. The reality of it is, like, it is a business. Everybody's going to be racing the same yeah. thing. Like, it is a business. They're doing what's best for their business. They're yeah. using the properties, the facilities that are most available, most accessible. And ultimately, what's best for their business model, which is best for their customer. Um, I, do we all do a lot of us love the double rounds? No, personally, um, I, I would be fine with four at Ironman, just because there's <laughs> yeah. there's good dirt Dude, there. Even the, even that place is the it's changed. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But you got to remember, dude, it was dry as you know the Sahara I'm not Desert this about year. This year, I'm, no, but even it, like the, beginning the last couple of years, year, this yes. year was the worst of the worst. In my even opinion. even when I raced it uh, in twenty twice. I thought it was like the weirdest Iron Man. Even it, did I you race the real dusty year there in 2010? Do you think it was worse then or this year? Or I guess I think it was worse this I year. I think it was worse this year. Yeah, I think the bikes were, were worse back then as far as like sucking dust. But yeah. uh, I, the reason why I say it was worse this I year, can I, remember think 20, was, I can remember because I, I missed Iron Man like three years in a row. But I remember 2016. It was like it was prime. Hey, fact, you missed super, Iron Man. Like three years in a row, still won the championship. All three years, he just wanted to. He just wanted. To I, I wasn't. I, I missed it like two years. I missed it two years in a row. Oh, did 18, you win those 19? championships? Hey, you know no, what? I was effing second. Hey, I I, I think uh, this is the perfect time to address why this show is called the Inside Line. Oh, are we talking about the start? No, no, no. no. Oh. oh boy. Oh, what <laughs> are you oh, talking? I thought we were talking about the start. About. Let's hear it. Uh, yeah, let's the power line start. I, I was not referencing that at all. Uh, the power line started. Yeah, the inside, oh, inside line. I, I thought that's, where, that's, where, that's, that's where you were going. Well, that might be a show all of itself. Yeah, that's... Oh, is that when I chopped the inside on yeah. you? Yeah. You fell over the back of me. <laughs> More like... You fucking crashed. Dude, <laughs> bad. Dude. Hey, and I got up with a broken wrist hey. and beat him. Yeah. He did beat me that day. What year did you say that was? 18. That was 18? Mm-hmm. Um, so I could wrap the championship up that day. All I had to do was finish probably on the podium. Yeah. I he wanted, wasn't going to lose to me. I ended up losing. But, uh, yeah, that start. And everybody gives, like, Jordan Ashburn, like, shit about being, like, aggressive. Like, I'm way more aggressive. I feel like maybe not, like, straight up, like, aggressive. Camp Coker? What about Camp? <laughs> when he deboned me? That was a f- dude. Accident. No, you, you cut down to the inside. I still have that on camera. I, I thought I like, broke. I thought you broke my foot. Well, I wish I would have. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean, yeah, I was. Right, I, 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 might, I might have I the opportunity. Super. I might have the opportunity to turn was, this into blows right now. <laughs> oh, Did you ever hear what was said? Hey, listen, <laughs> I, I can't remember. Ever, I can't ever remember Thad like being like overly aggressive. I was always a very aggressive, like headstrong rider. I will not disagree with that, but I was never like overly dirty. Like I wasn't going to like just 
absolutely smack you and clean you out. We need a camera. Maybe, maybe we need a camera. he's going No, the the camp coker thing. Like I've got a video. Yeah. I like turned down. He he turned down. Like he was. So it was off the off the I motor track. Was. You're, I know you're off. The it was on racer track. TV. Yeah. I have it on helmet cam. It's 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 on my phone I re- actually. I so. remember going to dinner with you that night and there was like people from your camp posting uh, online. People, people from, always made it people worse. People from your camp posting online. Yeah. And and we're sitting at the BJ's brew house in uh Winston Salem and it's all just unfolding and Chandler's driving. I probably didn't even remember it happened at that point. No, you did. We were talking about it at dinner and you you were a couple beers deep and you were just like <laughs> It was one of those Caleb moments, like the I don't give a F yeah. type thing. And he didn't mean it as disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, man, if I was going to do it intentionally, I would have done it a lot harder than that. Well, he like, after the race, he was like, dude, I did up. not mean yeah. to hit you that hard. I'm like, dude, I hope not. No, so <laughs> it was like, I still have that on camera. That was 17 when we like what? went at it. I'm pretty sure. 17 was in Camp Coco was gnarly. Yeah. It might have been that same, same, same year. I don't know if that was 18 or not. But I, I can remember that distinctively. You, we came down that long ass straightaway. You went up high in that berm, and I just thought you were gonna carry on like around the outside. And like I was outside, and I go to cut down to miss the fucking hole that was right there. And you cut down at the same time, and we literally just smacked, smoked each other. I let him back by because I felt bad. Like as if I was gonna be a dick about it, like I would have just kept going. But I, I was like, I pulled is over. This I, was go- like, is I, this- I didn't mean, I didn't mean to T-bone you. Is right this there. going to me being aggressive at, at Florida? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I forgot about that. This asshole. Okay, so this is the first time I think Thad's ever taken somebody out in a race. Mm, probably, maybe, maybe not the first time, but I smoked him. My hands blew. So let's hear your version. Let's hear your version. <laughs> okay. Because I, rem- I yeah, recall yeah. mine. Yeah. So hey, recall Caleb, mine. when you're editing the show later, remember this is a clip for the hype video. So let's oh, hear yeah. it. Let's so hear it. I, I know my version of how this went down, and all I remember is just winding up in the fucking palmettos yeah. on the other side of the berm. So it was like it wasn't it was like the end of the first lap, right before the pits or something. And there was like yeah. water holes in a straightaway. And I like rode through the water hole that morning and I was like, oh man, that ain't deep. Like I can wheel it for sure. So we're gone, and I'm like, I'm behind this guy, and he's like roosting the hell out of me. I know he's doing it on purpose. I didn't have any goggles on. <laughs> I was trying to stay at it. Everybody so, else's roost. I'm like, we come to this water hole, and I'm like, I am blasting this thing. I will wheelie it. Well, the morning race must have had the same idea because it was like three feet deep. Blew my feet off the back of the bike. <laughs> I remember just whiskey throttling. I and, can't see any of and this. And Caleb is coming across the track, like squaring up the turn. And I mean, like T-bones the shit out of me. <laughs> Both of us go flying. This Meadows <laughs> just absolutely like squares me up and hits me. And we go <laughs> ass over tea kettles into the palm. And he gets up screaming. I was pissed. Like <laughs> we were, we were like seventh and eighth. Yeah, it was horrible. We, we were, were way, way back. In the back. And I didn't have any, like I said, I didn't have any goggles on already. So like, <laughs> we get up at the same time, take off. I think I crashed in the first turn that year. I don't know. It, and we I go. I think I broke my. I, I had. I started with roll offs because it's supposed to rain, and I broke my roll offs. Didn't have any yeah. goggles on. And this guy T. We go me. three turns, and he brake checks me, and I slam in the back of him. I'm like, oh, I'm pissed. Then he flips me off down pro <laughs> down row. pro row. 
Emotions were high that day, for sure. <laughs> when was that? Was that 16? I don't remember. I think that might have been 16. I think it was because Strang won that. Yeah. Because we were so fucking far. You put us so far back, oh, we didn't have a chance in yeah. hell. That was definitely my bad there. I just remember like thinking, holy You guys shit. are just burying just old like, hatchets boom. right now. Like, hey, sorry about that time. I, I remember you. my bike was so, f- like our bikes were so far into there. They were in the palmettos. Yeah. When I say in the palmettos, they were in the palmettos. I, I can just, take you back to that same waterhole. There's a video of me flipping them off going down Prairie. Yeah, there is. Sure. I looked back, and as he's flipped me off, I was like, what the f- are you flipping me off for? <laughs> I was like, you took me out, dude. <laughs> that, that was no, years of pent-up frustration yeah. coming out right there. It's it's all right. It's 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 cool that we can look back now and like have a good Yeah, and look at you guys it. now sitting around. I remember the, one time. Sitting around the kitchen table studio. Or race talking. I remember at Limestone. 2013 we like end up like walking the track together and there was like a rock ledge and we like climbed it and he was like whoever's behind me i'm gonna break check him right here i did that to charlie you did to me too did i yeah <laughs> so this is before the race he's like oh this would be a good oh, one <laughs> I, actually crew was watching that race on tv uh a couple months ago and I, I rewatched all that <laughs> and I he's like this would be a me, good place would, to break yeah me you, you and charlie and or me and string was string, string. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, "Oh, this would be a good place to break break check somebody right here." First lap, maybe he break. Maybe it was that. He break checks me on the rock, and I'm like, I think to myself, did he just do that after he told me he was going to do that? I'm I like, probably, I, I, I mean, to be I fair, sh- he warned you. I know I should have known, but it was just like, I think we even left and it, like. We went over the rock, and I kind of, like, messed up. I remember that And he, rock. like, looked back and was like, I swear he was laughing under his, like, helmet. To probably this day. was. Yeah, he was probably like, oh, you dumbass. Dude, that was, that was a long time ago. <laughs> no, was that, uh, man, I don't think that was 14. I think that was, um, I think that was 16, too. Was it? It might have been 16. So. Sounds like a lot of stuff went down in 16, which explains why things were so heated in 17. No, that was yeah. a good race. That was, I, I. Yeah, we went at it. I think, I think it, was, it was me, you, and Strength. Yeah, it was That's me, right. you, and yeah. Strength. Yeah, that and was when it was real ruddy. Yeah, it was Grant was there for a soft. while too. Yep, there man, was that was that was a that was yeah reminiscent. Seventeen was just blown way out of proportion. Seventeen, yeah, uh, that was yeah. We'll not talk about that. Have you guys ever thought about what it would be like if like I don't like seventeen. If yeah. you could go, I back. almost I almost wanted to like quit racing that yeah, year. That's yeah. what I heard. But I, but I but it was like, but the, I feel like the, that goes the gnarly back. thing was, all right, was like on. all Teach, the teachable moment here. Like I think if it was just you guys, like you might have you had your words on the track. Yeah. But sometimes what happens is the the rivalry, the Dude, social media, the, the social media. The, that was when when uh, you know Instagram, Facebook, and all that shit was like, like really at starting its, to at its, yeah. like starting to get but, off. But yeah. Whether you or not, and Caleb, maybe you less so because I know you've kind of always disengaged from social. But you know, I think at some point that you start believing all of what the people around you and what social is saying, social media is saying like about him, not not necessarily yeah. believing, but you can't say it doesn't affect you. Like it I, has to. Honestly, I couldn't have let it affect me because we were going to six days, like six days later. Yeah. I mean, we had like, yeah. I, and we went to six days, six days later and six days later, I break my wrist. So it didn't really matter. Like it was just blown way out of proportion. Like, yeah. I almost, we, to a certain I, extent, I like felt bad. Like seeing the stuff on social media, like I felt bad. Yeah. I think I even posted something was like, hey, like enough's enough. Like it's 
bridge in the water. But there is a teachable moment there because I think in a lot of ways, like your fans, and I'm not. Yeah, I, I shouldn't. Let me let me rephrase yeah, yeah. that. Anyone's fans think they're doing themselves or their their rider, their team, yeah. a service by kind of taking up for them, saying a bunch of things. But in reality, you know, you are still people. Yeah. And and what they don't understand is and what I you guys have both even, put in to get to that point. Yeah. And that you both respect each other. But when others come in that really have no dog in the fight whatsoever and start saying things, it just escalates things to a whole nother level. Well, then I and, think it was like 2020. It was the whole Ben and Stu thing. Maybe, yeah, or yeah, Buck, yeah. Like the same, same ordeal. Sort of coaching Ben, yeah. mentoring Ben. At and the you time. were, you like, had been in that, like you had been in that. I was like, dude, I was like, you just can't give these people the light of day. I was like, you know, they're going to say whatever the hell they want to say. I was like, fuck them. You know, at the end of the day, like just don't hold any value to it. If if they're not enhancing your life, what what's their opinion to you? Not everyone can do that, and everyone yeah. should be able to. I'm not disagreeing with you, but some people, yeah, no, it, it's I, harder. I for understand them because just to tune I, I was in that exact same boat. It's 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 crazy because like you try so hard and you and you do the best job that you can do, and then like people still want to talk yeah, shit, sure, shit on you. But I think as you and and that and you can't you, know, you can't. You can't change anybody's sort of opinion or what they want to say or how they want to come about it. At the end of the day, all you control is what you're doing and how you think about it and what your plan of attack is going forward and how you're going to deal with it. And I think as you get older, as you get more experience, you start to become more comfortable in your own skin. You less seek people's approval. You start to yeah. You don't need anybody's validation, right? But you like know, after, you after know after who you, you are. You establish you're yourself. Not, you're not looking for someone else to tell you who you are and what you're capable of. Like you know what you can do. You know what you've done. You know what your value is. And I think that comes again with maturity, experience, and you know I, I do think it's really cool. Not even that many years removed to see you guys <laughs> sitting here. Obviously, the relationship that you have now, uh, the key, the key part that you play in each other's lives right now you know um it, it's so wild to see and I, I think none of the three of us and and dozens hundreds thousands more fans could have ever anticipated seeing this five years ago i think when we were young we could sure. maybe see it sure but i'm saying five years ago yeah there's you know. yeah I, I i can remember being shit what year what, <laughs> what had it been like 2000 2000 or 2001 yeah. i remember going uh going to your house and like cartwheeling myself over your practice bike and uh just absolutely bending the shit out of yeah out of out of th one of thad's other bikes we would we would build jumps with cinder blocks I remember, that was our moto track i remember you guys showing up i don't know what year it would have been we, we didn't to, race we you to hang out that long I, I mean i i i think my my first experience of of hearing thaddeus Duvall, i was like what the hell kind of name is that <laughs> thaddeus i it was at uh <clears throat> Uh, I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, Hawking Valley. Hawking Valley. Back in Ohio. Yeah. Shit. This had to have been 98, 90, 97, 98. District 11. Yeah, District yeah, 11. District days, 11 yeah. days for sure. But I'm sure it wasn't Hawking Hills. Hawking Hills. Was that, yeah, yeah, there was, was no Hawking Valley. It was Hawking Hills. Hills. I raced Hills? Valley. Hawking Hills. I raced your dad there, Fed. Hawking Hills. Hawking Hills. Yeah, that's yeah. What, it was like on the side of the hill there. Yeah. It was like old moto track. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, then like I we were I mean a lot of people don't know like we were inseparable. I mean, we lived if I wasn't his house, I, he was in mine and I remember this one time when he stuck this just Oh my god, that <laughs> fucking thorn in my hand. Well, <laughs> I don't know how it wasn't sticking out his other hand. 
Oh. And he was like, he came to Rod and he ended up sticking this thorn through his hand. And we like rode the next day and his hand was so sore that he would hit the jumps and land one handed. <laughs> Sounds Because safe. he wanted to ride so bad. Sounds safe. Yeah, it was. Whatever it takes. Uh, whatever it takes, for sure. Like, uh, I remember that. I was like, oh, you don't want to hit this yeah, tree. And boom. then I like slammed my hand up against the tree and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Freaking, uh, I don't even know what kind of tree I that was. Know. It was, dude, it was. It had thorns on it, yeah. though. Hellacious <laughs> Sounds thorns. like it. Went through, it went through yeah. your hand. But I mean, yeah, if you would ask five years ago, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, what a long, strange trip. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's crazy how people, uh, you know, over time, you know, you develop relationships and, you yeah. Know. And it's cool now, just, you know, like we grew up together raising hell and now you got crew and Jacoby running around here naked half the time and raising hell. In mud puddles. In on mud their, puddles. On their striders yes. and stasics. And- so it's cool to, like, I know Caleb made a career out of it and he gives crew everything like he can. So it's cool to be able to give Jacoby everything he can and then. All right. So let's fast forward. How old's crew? Seven. Seven. And how old's Jacoby? Four. Four. So the kind of roles are somewhat reversed with crew being a little bit older. Yeah. Jacoby's going to be coming after. I him. just assumed Jacoby do anything but racing. Really? Yeah. Nah, he's going to be a racer. I, yeah. I, no, All right. No, so no, so you, you obviously you like like for him to have the opportunities, but you're going to support him if this is the route. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Him. Like if, he wants to race, I'm 100% in, but if he doesn't, I'm 100% in. Like, I know what I've been through. What about he wants to race a quad? <sighs> dad, dad, I know Chatty Daddy's yeah, 100%. There, yeah, for sure. I mean, Chatty Daddy's already made some calls. He reached out to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. He was like, hey, man, what, what do we got for Jacoby here in the I'm future? I'm doing because he's a racer. <laughs> he, he, like, we're already racing out oh, here. We've, we've I, seen the Instagram yeah, posts. He's, yeah, uh, if he wants to race a quad, might as well. I mean, he can be a quadist. Oh. <sighs> Aquatic. Aquatic. The question is, after he wins seven GNCC championships, will he line up at an FTR race in Vet A? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I would race Vet A. Like, um, I want, I want 33. I, I won't even do that. You I race start. sportsman. Yeah. Well, that's because that is the top class in the morning race. Sport, what, sportsman is 25 plus. Sportsman is? I don't think there's an age on sportsman. I thought there were like there ain't either like a twenty-five and twenty-four. No, I think sportsman is just well, maybe at Ironman because there's eight. Yeah, that's probably that that's what I'm thinking they, of. Yeah. But I think they do sportsman A, sportsman B. Um, but how can you be a number two guy on a quad and race that day? Uh, we're gonna, we need to call him up. It's probably a little too late tonight, <laughs> but I think in our next effort, the problem is next time it's going to be another week away. Should we try him right now? Yo, we got Walker Fowler on the phone. On the Inside Line podcast, here with KR, Thad, Johnny GNCC, Walker. Johnny, I feel I feel so honored right now. I hope you do. Wait, you're our first <laughs> call-in guest yeah, you, ever. You are. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. On like no, a no bike way. podcast too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is an off-road oh, podcast. Sorry. Off-road. Whoa, Thad. Okay, sorry. Whoa, we talk about quadding. You're our first quadist guest. <laughs> I love that. I don't know if you. I, I don't know if you listened to the first no, he podcast. Did. He but, did. Um, we, we referenced we got, it when you stepped out. We've got some new vocabulary over here. Yep. The, I'm, uh, I'm, not, the, I'm not sure if that offends you or not, but if it does, well, I mean, I'm a millennial, so I'm allowed to get offended. You know, that's part of our repertoire. 
All right. Well, you My know God. what? You know what I'm going to say to that? The truth <laughs> hurts. <laughs> I don't. You I don't actually. Oh, I gotta, he, I we're got, official up in here. I got. I got all of it. I don't feel like quadist and quadding is offensive. It, it may not be like the. No, the I mean, best. it's funny, but yeah, no, it's it's funny. No, the only reason I came up, obviously, you you listened to the first show. The only reason we have the term, the terminology, quadist and quadding, is because of the car that's going on currently. Which Skylar Howes yep. is still leading. He had an impressive. He had a, he had a pretty good crash. Did yeah. you see that? No footer. Yeah, he did a no footer into it and landed in a sandbank and went OTB. Day nine. Today. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if I see. He, he gave up some time, but yeah. still holds the overall lead. Anyways, this is the sole reasoning of uh, quadding and quadist terminology. It's in my vocabulary now. You are now referenced as a quadist. I'm going to continuously <laughs> use this. So forgive my French. And I, okay. we're getting text messages. I, I, I'm getting I'm, Instagram is blowing up on the inside line. I'm sorry. We have, we have 297 <laughs> followers now. Oh, we, we are off the charts. Social media. Mm. Anyways, we got, we got Walker Fowler on the line. Seven time ATV champion. Currently holds the uh, the winningest record in a ATV racing wins wins list on the wins list. Second, Chris Borch has the second. Most. Oh, does he? Chris Borch has Still, the most all time and he, most ATV. It's got to be close. Huh? We'll get it. We'll get it this year. Well, you I, were don't, close, I don't know if he's going to get it racing vet A class though. Oh <laughs> shit! Do you think he'll get it? I was, I was wondering when that was going to come. Bad up. coming straight I with mean, the fire. Walker, I'm not going to lie to you. Do they you, count you wins as a vet A class? Uh, I, when I walked in today, Are you, I knew Thad was going to be our in-studio guest, and obviously he has some ATV knowledge. He, one of the first questions he asked, he goes, hey, so what's up with Walker racing vet A at the FTR? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, man. I, I haven't really talked to him about it too much. All right, so Walker Fowler and Jeff Pickens are going head-to-head in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Is that, is I love that the storyline? I, I, I mean, it could be. It definitely could be. Oh, Walker. he's eligible, Walker. You're selling yourself short. I am eligible. So, it, um, Walker, you and I you haven't know, talked I'm, I'm, about this, but there was a discussion. This is Walker embracing his 30s. That's all that was. That's right. Are you 30 now? I am. Well, yeah, he raced Vet A class, dude. Oh, well, obviously. <laughs> well, in some, in some series, been 25, bad, I guess 20 yeah, plus, 25 but yeah, it is 30 plus. Walker, like there that. was actually some debate am- amongst our tall friend, mechanic friend, Mark Notman. He was arguing with me that you would not be able to uh, I, I don't want to spoil and let the cat out of the bag but i think we can all safely assume that you would not be racing gncc in the vet a class but his argument was that you couldn't if you wanted to and i believe that you had told him no i could if i wanted to not that i'm going to and i backed up your claim he was arguing with me uh finally he was searching the rule book which i already pretty well know verbatim and he was misreading it and realized that he was wrong so i don't know if he's apologized to you yet mark if you're tuned in you are eligible. You could race Vet A this year if you wanted to. Yeah, per uh, Racer Productions' discretion, which I think no, I no, might no, no, use no, that. No, 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 no. You're reading that wrong. Hold on. As was Mark. There I, is no discretion. You're eligible. I just, I just want well, to. I sent him the screenshot. Yeah, but he, you're, you're reading it wrong. The, I, the, the I discretion I wanna, is I you can underst- let. I want to. I want to have an understanding here before we go any further. You raced the FTR this weekend. <laughs> the, there, there is a, a pro four wheeler, a qu- pro quadist class. Quadding. 
to to go quadding in, and you raised. And, and I rode and I rode the vet class. Are you scared? No, no, <laughs> not at all. But so here's is, how lazy I am. Is, you have to have. Is this and, and is this guys, a sign of fear? Is this is this what we expect to come, Walker Fowler? No, this is pure laziness. Um, so the quad I was riding right, let's, let's, let's didn't hear have double A on it. But the quad I was riding didn't have double A on it, and I didn't want to sit there and make uh, duct tape A's on my quad. And I was like, oh, also, I didn't, are we I didn't want to burn race gas this weekend, so I didn't have tire balls. Well, had a sounds, motor. You know what? Are we talking about double A batteries? And it sounds like you just burn race gas. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I've, I've got to give you some shit, but I'm sorry. Yeah. So no, just, I was like, you know what the hell with this? So we just kind of, as a, like a joke prank type thing, but it was also proving which, a point like market. Did you, did, where, where'd you fit? Did you win the overall? No, I was like 19th. Didn't you start a lap late? I heard. No, I started on row four, but the, there was a downed rider and um, we lost like seven minutes kind of blocking off the area. And it was in a really bad part of the track, like third gear wide open to like a 10 foot drop off. Yeah, that's that's exaggerating. Five foot drop off um, with like another incline directly on the other side. So this rider, um, youth uh, female rider, uh, knows on a 300X, the heaviest quad ever made, like. 25 30 miles an hour to her face basically and was out cold for like five minutes easily five minutes i um wasn't there when it happened uh the canadian national champion actually was the first person there and stopped um i saw him and i'm like oh shit like i'm gonna let him go because i'm just racing for fun today and he was actually trying to compete in the pro class um since he had already committed to st sticking around he just stayed there so i kind of blocked another part of this uh, it was between a double green too which so the moral is basically of the story like the, was the you're, you're being a good guy and, and letting the race continue uh to, to lose, oh, yeah to i'm lose. not there i wasn't there for you know oh, gcc yeah, yeah. no no you know i we but, we, yeah. under, we understand we're, we're just trying to get so, yeah down. i was we're just I trying to get down to the up. bottom of this vet a yeah vet a well it's funny here. it's funny that you know, it was supposed to just be me going out having fun, and then you know you're kind of putting a place and a time sometimes for a reason, I guess. So, yeah, I was out there to play a blocker for a downed rider, so it all worked out in the end. Yeah, I I, I believe so. So, what is uh what what's in the cards for Walker Fowler come 2023? I I, I feel like this is um this is going to be a real storytelling season here. Uh, obviously, seven straight championships, second most. ATV winning rider of all time. Uh, hell of a career. Absolutely phenomenal. What, uh, what, is, what is your expectation? What's the goal? Obviously, the goal is to win every time. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. What, what's it going to take to get back to the top step? And what are we doing to, uh, to make sure we, we put ourselves in the position to, to get there? I mean, starting off by running bed A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Testing test uh, the waters in yeah. bed A. Knows he, you know, could probably get a <laughs> championship get, there. Let's, let's, you know, that was a really, that was a great let's, starting let's, point. let's dip our toes in the water here. <laughs> He's like, you know, I don't know yeah, if I'm ready back. to retire, but they they make this class yeah. for guys that are plus 30, so <laughs> I'm not I'm 30. So. 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 <laughs> but, uh, you know, just. I didn't have any, not that I didn't have any fun last year, but 
I was I was having some uh, internal struggles for sure, um, and obviously you know my, my mechanic and Johnny and uh, a lot of people close in my uh, in my group knew that I was being challenged, uh, you know, physically, mentally, you know, just a, a younger rider. My, my, my girlfriend's pointing at herself, Elisa. Sorry, yeah, she obviously is probably firsthand. Those you know the the battle with you know your your head and and your body and everything um coming off of a knee injury that i never did have fixed i don't necessarily think that's slowing me down but it could be but i just don't really have the time or resources right now to get it fixed so you know man up and deal with it on a four-wheeler it's not such a big deal as long as you don't do what you did to hurt it again (laughs) um so yeah, just uh, just try to have fun. Try to get kind of back to the basics. I think we say that you know most riders in this position say that, but uh, you know for me, I really need to try to just go do my thing and stop worrying about what everyone else is doing and just focus on myself, um, which I'm really bad at doing. Also, being a little bit older and uh heel times and stuff i think i have to start taking you know some um self-care kind of into account so you know we're used to just never stretch never do anything just go out and eat chicken nuggets and just be you know young and be able to do that uh now it's i i do have to watch what i'm eating and drinking and and kind of be on a schedule which i don't do well with and yeah, just you know, being an adult. <laughs> <laughs> they say the uh, they say the hardest thing to do after you win a championship is defend it. You successfully did that uh, six See, times. I, I think that's false. Well, that that's your perspective. They say, <laughs> Walker. That. What do you think? They say that. I'm not saying you said that. Uh, they say that. The first one, the first one was hard, but it wasn't so. <sighs> you smashed everybody. Um, Tell them like. Tell them the so it's hard. Like, I'm just saying, you, <laughs> year after year after year, like of not winning, you're like, okay, am I ever going to win? And, and you don't, since you don't know how to win, you can win races, but as far as putting a season together, you know, failing and failing, you're like, ah, whatever, I'll figure it out one day. And then once you do it, you're like, okay, did I get lucky? Did I actually figure it out? So I, I think it's more of a mental thing to a degree. Um, do you feel but there's it is, any less tough. pressure on you coming into this year not having two hundred percent less that's pressure? What I was like getting at, like you you yeah. don't have the you don't have the bullseye on your back. Bryson does at this no. point. You, but at the same time, I don't, you have and, and you I have know, the tools I remember, in your toolbox and the the knowledge of what it takes. Uh, do you feel yes. that that almost maybe puts you in the driver's seat with without being no. arrogant? Okay, all right, no, um, but. I'm in a position where I'm still young enough to, I think, have a chance. Like I still, I've actually been thinking lately. I'm like, not that I want to put myself in a bad situation, but like I'm at a point now where I I can maybe take some, some risks or gambles that I wouldn't usually do because I've been, you know, so focused on being consistent, not throwing it away and making sure I was always there. Even if that was a, a second, third, fourth place, Versus now, I got nothing to lose. You know, my whole goal was to try to win 10 straight. I failed. So what the hell? I might as well go for broke now to a degree. Um, There is a mental block of getting hurt. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, honestly, I need to to have results. So it doesn't matter. 
walk us through that mental block of uh, the the standpoint of possibly injuring yourself. Like does, we had this brought play, up with does, Ben. Does that play a factor, like while you're racing, or is when you're in the moment, when you're in a heated battle to win the race, is it? Not necessarily win at all costs, but do everything you possibly can to get it to get the job done. Or is it like I don't want to do this because I might this might end up happening? An actual factor you're dealing with. Uh, earlier, like early in the seasons, I definitely don't take as many risks, or I hadn't in the past. I'm kind of curious as to what my demeanor would be this year. Um, you know, riding vet A, I didn't really have that. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of I, low, kind of a low pressure situation. <laughs> yeah, very, very what, low welcome pressure. Welcome to my situation. life now. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, Johnny G. But, scenario. Uh, yeah. Um, but I think it, it does come up. I would say when I'm like, like wheel to wheel battling someone, no, I don't really feel it. And I don't necessarily feel out of control, especially if I'm in second. So like at the buckwheat, when Bryson got ahead of me, this, the pace picked up tremendously and I was comfortable with it. I just didn't have that pace myself, but being behind him, I was oh, like, Oh, yeah. I can do this. And he was struggling. I was, he damn near fell off the bike like three or four times. And I was like, cool. He's on the edge too. So now I feel good. I think, um, I, I think, uh, Thad and I can relate to this yeah. because uh, when you get into that situation, when it's on the, the last lap, obviously. That's that's here in studio tonight. Uh, when you get in that situation late uh, in the race and you're pushing to the max, like getting hurt is uh, is not a scenario in your mind. You're just yeah. you're getting to the finish line yeah. and trying to beat the guy in front of you. Yeah, you're just no trying to win. What. Like that's the only thing you're thinking about is I need to pass this. Yeah, guy and you've been on the machine so long at that point that like you're like cool. If it hasn't happened up at this point, it probably isn't going to happen. Or again, you're so fo- laser focused on one job, one task, it doesn't matter. People yeah. are like, "Did you see me cheer?" And I'm like, "Usually I would, but if it was the last lap, no, I didn't see yeah. shit because I'm so focused on just getting you, home. You <laughs> like you, you and trying a, to be in first. You don't see a pit board, you don't yeah. see Anybody nope. cheering for you? Nothing. Like it's no. It's all eyes forward. Like it's uh, you know, I, I call yeah. this I call this the uh, the blackout zone. You know, you, you for sure. You just basically <laughs> you black out, and uh, it's suffering to the max. Whether it's on a bike or, f- or quadding, <laughs> quadding being a quadist. <laughs> being a we quadist, can't even be serious walk, walk. for one minute. But okay. like, he, no, but like Walker said, like, no, it's, it's, if it's you see the, the guy same. in it's front of you getting sketchy, you like, you know, you know, you, he's, he's pushing to the yeah. max. And yeah. You know, it's and always, like, it's always, always yeah. when you see the guy getting fr- in front of you being sketchy and like, I'm sure that's because that's always been behind me longer than I've been behind him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Walker, if you never listen to an episode of The Inside Line, you have well, to listen to this one because this there's is... some good nuggets that happened in the last two hours. Mm. Well, this is only, oh, only the second episode. These two have been going at each other. But when you when you respectfully, see a, yeah. when but, you see a yeah. guy getting sketchy in front of you at the highest level, you know he is giving it all he can, all he has. Yeah, to the max, and you're keeping up with them, so yeah. then you're like, cool, yeah. I feel right. good, yeah. <laughs> Wait, the next mistake, I got him. 
I got them. And yeah, for sure. I just need, I need one little something. Stick a wheel in there. And, and there's, there's no arguing that it's always easier to be the hunted. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, the hunter sure. than it hunter, is to be the hunted. I, I think it is too. But uh which and is weird because you always Caleb, preferred that. Yes. That's ready to jump out of his yes. chair right now. Because well, Caleb's looks, talking about how much is. easier it is to be the hunter. I've, but this, in your career, you always let, preferred to lead. And Walker, you're the same way. Like You can't win put, yeah, second. Put the, put the shoe on the other foot, Walker. Back in the day, you Chris Borch used to win. Every, okay, calm down. My turn. Johnny. Caleb used to win. You're races by 12. leading. All right. Yeah, we're not talking about me. <laughs> Listen, bud, I got one win. Turn this mic conversation. off. <laughs> you, he, can't, he can't talk now. <laughs> Going back, Walker, back in the day, you know, Chris Borch was known for those last lap passes. He was super comfortable coming from behind, making those passes, making That's it. That's actually really incredible. I'm glad you brought that yeah. up. He, he did it so I, much for so long. It's not that I forgot about it. Yeah, but, but I mean he, that was his thing. Like that, he would just chill and and make those passes. But did he learn end. that from Balance? Because Balance was really good. Bill, at that. Bill did it, but not like, like if Chris he did. learned it from Bill, Chris perfected it. Yeah. Dude, like it became sure. an. Because I always felt like Bill beat Chris at the end of the he race. Did. I mean, he look, did. Look at uh, look at Chris's last championship pass Walker. Oh God, Walker, sit down. They're they're trying to cut their your legs out from under. <laughs> I'm not trying to cut his legs. No, yeah, no, I know, I know. Ah. Dude, how do you not cover that? Walker, how do you not cover the inside over that step up? Let's let's go back. This is oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> he's he's yelling into the phone. He goes, That was like twelve years ago. I know it was a No, I said I was like twelve years old. Oh, I was like twelve years old. Oh, I was like twelve. You couldn't have been. So my young. goal was none of us had cleaned that step up all day and we all were kind of just bouncing over it. And I, that last lap, I you screwed just, up way before you just I was on the to, inside. You went to set the next turn up and he just got the fucking tires in front of you. Yeah. But was that bleep button bleep yeah. button? But was that, that turning, was that a but turning? Was that a turning point for trying, Walker? To, I was trying to I, I think, get over that thing. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I didn't. Get, it. I, I think, I think that propelled Walker to yeah. win. To, for sure to win the next yeah. seven because i honestly too like I, I i'm a little bit in the same boat and i don't want to revert everything back to to my perspective but i know yeah but we did we did it very similar yeah, yeah exactly yeah. We, we really did like you were I, what, a year or two ahead of me but it was very similar how it all happened i got absolutely let down in 2012 by not winning the championship on in the last race and uh you know the the final not final moments. I, I sort of let that whole race go. I didn't get beat by beat like you did uh, in the last three turns. <laughs> but I got beat in the last race. But I, I, I feel like that really set us up um, for the next several, almost half a decade, over half a decade for both of us. And being like, you know what? This isn't going to happen again. We're not going to let this. Yeah, happen. and then it, it left then you get to a point, and then it reverts back to um, a point in time where it's like you know this can carry on for so long, but somebody is going to figure out how to catch up, how to perfect yep. what I'm doing. And Bryson Neal, honestly, at, at the beginning of the year, I didn't, I didn't feel like Bryson. I knew Bryson was going to be a threat to you. I, I, I knew he was going to win races. I knew he was going to challenge you. Obviously, that one DNF early in the year really set you back, and then obviously, and then Bryson had his at uh, Snowshoe. 
But uh, I really thought that your program was going to boil down to, to propelling you to, to winning the championship again, which that wasn't the deciding factor after all. It was those last four races. Uh, yeah. But that goes to show you, like, you, you can't count anybody out. Yep, and uh, obviously, like you said, the program, I, I've kind of always relied on that, um, and he obviously has figured out his program, so and now he's in that elite group, and I don't think we can count on that, you know, as a team and as a rider, you know, when's he going to break, when's he going to crash, I think those days are gone, um, he's matured, his, you know, his, his team has uh, perfected their craft, and, uh, you know, he's obviously gotten crazy fast, and he's not afraid to hang it out, so, it's just uh, it's a really tough combination to beat. Um, I think we can do it. Uh, I obviously have to prove that. I can talk and say all I want, but you have to go out on track and do it. But uh, no one else is going to do it except me. So I, I know full well that I two both riders healthy. I'm the only rider that's going to challenge him for the championship in 2023. Beyond that, I don't know. Yeah, you know? I, I, th- I think that's a, an accurate statement. I think Bryson and you are leagues ahead of everybody as far as the championship battle goes. I think there are still guys that can go out there and mix it up between you guys. But I think next year is going to come down to uh, who breaks the least because obviously quadding is very (laughs) difficult on equipment. (laughs) And to conditions, like there are lots of guys that thrive on tough conditions, mud races, et cetera. Um, I'm not counting you out, Walker. I think I think you're right there in the mix. Um, well, interesting, you, you, interesting you, you fact. Can't, you can't be a seven seven time champion, second most ATV winningest rider in the books, and not be a factor. Interesting yeah. fact: previous ATV championships, if you line them up in order, Walker won seven. Prior to him, in a row. Prior six. to him, Chris Borch won six in a row. Nine. Prior to that, Bill Balance won nine then seven. in a row. Barry Hawk won seven in a row. So going back to Barry's first championship in 1994. You know, you, Johnny G is saying Bryson Neal is no, going to no. go on a calm, 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 nine, calm. A I'm talking. Winning I'm talking. My turn. That's what, that's, that's what Johnny G is alluding to right no, now. No, I'm saying. I am very well with my quadus facts. I, I what I'm saying history. is, and Walker and I have had this conversation, not on the podcast, but now we're going to have it on. I don't think that in many of those transitions, if you will, it was clear. Obviously, when, when Barry won his last championship, he retired. He went on to race dirt bikes. Uh, when you know Chris won his last championship in 2014, so he's you, still out there winning, still out there racing now all these years later. It's a completely different scenario. I believe, and this is not taking uh, – obviously, Walker and I are close. We share a lot of the same sponsors, but I'm also a student of the game. I watch this. I believe – that what we see going into next year is the first time in a long time that we have a new champion. A potential battle for uh, a, a not new a consecutive ch- championship. Yeah, absolutely. He- Everything Johnny is saying is correct. I, th- I think now bike side. I and, didn't quite get and, the point. What was the point? I missed it. Uh, the, the point is like we, we, we don't believe anybody is going on an ATV win streak in the near future as far as it won't next, be easy. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. It's not not to say it can't be done. Absolutely not, because don't ever count anybody out. <laughs> don't ever count history out. <laughs> don't don't right. count history out, for sure. I like that. But what Johnny is alluding to is Walker seven in a row, Chris six in a row, Barry seven in a row, Bill 
nine in a row. Wrong order, obviously. Yeah, you had it all, you had it all right. <laughs> I had it all right. But Bill was in the middle of there. But yeah, no, it's. It, but that, we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, a, I need a, beard a first non repeater. We're yeah, looking yeah. at the first non consecutive championship, possibly. And what the last twenty five years? Yeah, or it, or it could be more of the same. And I think the the man who it really most it, has it the say so to to make that happen or not happen is sitting on the phone. Yes. This is a good episode, Walker. Uh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, I don't think I contributed much, but here we are. No, no, that's good. That's <laughs> that's what the inside line's all about. We're it's we're good. gonna do coming up here, Walker. We're gonna do a se- season preview. We'd love to have you back on, even if just for a short call in, or if we can get you up Sounds this way great. and actually have you in studio. But uh, thanks again for taking the call tonight, giving us a little perspective on your new career as a vet a. Uh, racer and yep. coming back to defend it, only an FTR though, and then coming back to top defend, amateur baby, top and baby coming back to defend. Actually, that I wasn't even top in. I can't even take that claim. <laughs> uh, well, we we look forward to you and Jeff Pickens battling it out for uh, vet A. <laughs> it's over. All right, sounds good. Walker, thanks for coming on. See you guys. It. We'll see you later. Yeah, you boys have fun. That was a good. Yeah, it was like, is a vet class the new era of GNCC champions? I think it is. Because Jordan Ashburn, 31. Yeah. Bryson Neal, not 30, but 28. Yeah, getting close. Walker, 30. Yeah. Like, is that? That that 33. Yeah, I'm I'm about to win the championship at 33. So, no. That's the oldest. No, Strang's older than me. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't throw you already cracked my ages the other night hey if so. we're gonna start talking ages I, I think it was rodney smith not 41 41 won a championship i don't know if he was 41 maybe. yeah i just wa- he was close i yeah. have the iron he was man 40 DVD. Or 40. i think he like turned 41 yeah. towards the end of the season so he's winning races 40 41 i'm gonna go ahead and toot my own horn i think i hold the record 05. on atvs 05. for the oldest race winner at 39 so thad come on man you got eight more years yeah Rodney was was forty one winning championships. Hey, if they keep paying my paychecks, I mean, I'll race for as long as I can. If, if you want to think of it that way, you could still rack up as many championships as Caleb if you start winning them this year <laughs> in twenty twenty three and retire at the same age Rodney did. And forty one's not old. Yeah. I mean, I like your mindset. Yeah, it's a good mindset. Let's get it done. Yeah, but yeah, vet class is the new GNCC. Thirty's the new twenty, baby. Yeah, baby. I feel that every day I wake up. Yeah, twenty <laughs> years you old. You step out of bed, and then you're like, "30s the new 55, yeah, baby." For sure. Can't even hardly put my sock on in the mornings, let alone do backwards, <laughs> crooked lunges. Caleb's like, "Put your leg farther behind you." Let me get right on that. Yo, is there <laughs> is there not yoga at Ranch Russell this year? Is that not part of the program? We should, we should, we should bring it back up. Yeah, I so, got, I got. You guys got the like the big setup out there now. I, I'll, I'll tune you in YouTube Yoga with Adrian. We'll do it tomorrow. Our morning. bikes got kicked out of the main garage because we're ping pong athletes now. Yeah, well, I think we need to turn that into a yoga studio. Do you got your mat? Yeah, there's like thirty mats out Great. here. I, I brought my own. I got a <laughs> you bunch. Would. <laughs> we need to set up heaters one day and do hot yoga. Oof. Bunch of men That's sweating brutal. together. Mm. If you've never done it. Folks at home, you don't know how tough it is. That is serious. Bikram oh. yoga, hot yoga. All we have to do is go out the, the back door right there where the sun shines all yeah. day. It yeah, it does get hot that on that side of the building. Sit right next to that black door and that green metal. Yeah. 30's the new oh. 20. Dad, anything else? We're, we're winding We never even one. talked anything about silly season. Well, good good for us. <laughs> I hope you, hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. We'll do it again next time. See ya. 
Thanks for listening to the Inside Line Podcast. Made possible by the folks at Carry Resources, a real estate and property development that's WFO. Because we all have to work hard to play hard. Check out their available assets and website at carryresources.com.